love music, live sport. Talking football with Bill Young, Hugh Burns and Paul Haggerty on Rock Sport Radio. Good evening and welcome to Talking Football for this Friday night, final one of the week. Uh, before we go any further, can I just remind you that from uh, midnight on Sunday, you will no longer across central Scotland be able to listen to uh, Rock Sport on DAB Digital Radio. Uh, from the 1st of November, you will be able to listen to us in the Glasgow area on DAB. Uh, in between times, I'm afraid it's online via Twitter and Facebook and Periscope. If you are a fan of the show and you want to watch the show, that's that's fine, but you can listen via your smartphone and your smart speaker using the TuneIn and the Radiogram app. So don't leave us, uh, and we will be back in the Glasgow area on DAB from next Friday. Hopefully, we'll have that all up and running by then. Uh, tonight's show, Hugh Burns, of course, is with me, and you can hear us on DAB Digital Radio across Central Scotland, online at rocksportradio.co.uk, via your smartphone and smart speaker, as I just said, uh, using the TuneIn and Radiogram apps, and you can watch us live as we broadcast on Facebook, on Twitter and on Periscope. Uh, So tonight we will look back over the Europa League and we will look ahead to the the weekend fixtures as well. And what a night it was for Scottish football last night, Burnsy boy. Regarding Europa League, of course, Rangers were the early kickoff. They were in Portugal against a, a, a strong test. Porto are a good side. Mm-hmm. They can be quite physical. They can, you know, mix it up a wee bit. Uh, they took uh, the lead again through what I thought Rangers have suffered from on occasions this season. Uh, a bit of a lack of concentration and a poor pass in an area uh, where they got punished. Uh, but then didn't give up the ghost. Far from it. In fact, the second half... I thought Rangers were the dominant team and could have got uh, the three points. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of them hit the woodwork. Uh, obviously, uh, Porto hit the woodwork, hit the post, and Morelis hit the bar. Uh, so it was a fairly tight game, a close game, good game. A draw, fair result. It was a great result for Rangers' point of view, but was it a fair result in your mind? Yeah, I think as, as the game grew on, Rangers looked very, very composed and something that they've, they've kept their best form for Europe, you know, who would have thought you know, somebody texted me yesterday and asked me if they fancied Rangers, I says if it's in the back of the Tencastle performance then absolutely no, seen the manager's interview and, and he summed it up you know, completely, he says sometimes you know, you look at Sunday uh, you know, and, and it was a bad point and last night was a brilliant point, yeah. you know that way, and, and that really kind of summed it up uh, Rangers, to a man, were, were, they were all magnificent. Again, I probably thought there were question marks on the distribution of James Tavernier. A couple of times he gave the ball up. In fact, most of the time he gave the ball away. So if anything, I know just having a pop, I thought the right back was the weak link again. But generally, everybody, everybody get top marks for the manager. The manager, and, and he went out his way to name a few of them. Uh, and well, I've got to say that the guy that I have been unsure about for pretty much a season and a bit... Uh, but got that goal against St Mirren has just blossomed. He's got better and better and better. And I thought Barisic was outstanding last night. Yeah. I thought he did all the right things. But to credit to you, you did highlight that he seems to play better when Holander's there mm-hmm. because Holander releases him in the, uh, into better better space by carrying yeah. the ball forward. Mm-hmm. And that certainly looked self-evident last night. Yeah, it opens it up for, for Borno. And then he's on his front foot and he's running onto the ball. 
But I've said for weeks, and, and the Rangers fans are certainly, you know, there's a big debate going on about Borno Barisic, and when he came, you know, Rangers had spent the guts of two million quid on this guy, and Croatian international, you don't get into Croatia team if you can't play ball. Uh, given the, the platform to come and play at Ibrox, it's took him time to adapt, uh, very laid-back character, now he's buying into the Rangers thing, he's buying into everything that, you know, you need to be to be a top player at Ibrox, and that means playing well every week, mm-hmm. that means distribution been top nine out of ten every week. It's got to be. He just can't be slack. But um, I think I think the manager's done brilliant with him as well because the manager could have lost patience with him because he had a couple of howlers. You and I sat in the stand at Rugby Park a few weeks back, and and he's crossing last night and he's crossing that day particularly at Rugby Park was like two different players. No. But that's all doing the confidence, Bill. That's all you, the manager giving him a bit of confidence and giving him a run in the team and saying, right, listen. Play through it, and the same could be thinking. Same could be happening with the captain. You know, this is what he dropped him. He said there, and the last thing he needs is a, 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 a is a boot for me. Um, you know, just let him play, and that's what he's done with Borno Barisic. Because I thought I said this is was Borno Barisic, John Flanagan, and Andy Halliday. Come on, Borno Barisic is the best player out of those three guys yeah. that left back. Yeah. So I think he's now proven to Rangers fans the two million is now the, the ball we put in for for young you and asked me. He says was it a cross or a pass? I says it was both. He's looked top, no even thought about it. Bang, there you are, right in front of the centre back. It zipped right across him, and it's made Alfredo's mind up. And the ball in the second half for Alfredo's header was probably, you'll not see a better cross than world foot. That was world class, the way he whipped it in. That's the way that Borno Barisic can deliver crosses into the box. Here, the thing that impressed me last night for Rangers, and for me, they're still not doing it enough, was they showed a lot of good footballing skills. Some of the first-touch stuff, you know, the one-touch passes, in areas that potentially could have been dangerous, I thought was very good. Mm -hmm. I thought their commitment was excellent. I thought their work rate was great. I thought their guile and guts was good. Um, and and what I liked about them more than anything was the fact that having gone that goal down, um, and these are this is a good team. You know, this is a team that's top three in Portugal and has been over the last ten seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're no mugs. Oh, there's pedigrees there, Bill. And, and, and so from that point of view, they could have kind of lost heart. Heads could have gone down. It could have been two or three nothing to Porto. Doesn't matter. You see, you get three points against you. Whether it's three, you lose by, or one, you lose by. But Rangers were there to take something from that game, and they felt confident enough that they could. I still think, and I know he said as much, in fact, more league experience in the Premier League in England. But I still think the manager's European experience really does pay dividends for Rangers playing in Europe. Yeah, I think so. And he always just looks very calm as well, and you know, in those particular... But you're talking about Rangers players being calm in, in real, real uh, tight areas. I think the European... They'll not be pressed probably just as much as the hurry-gurry of the Premier League. And mm-hmm. sometimes, like Tynecastle on Sunday, you know, it was just like a, it was like all hands to the pump for hearts and they pressed us and we get caught a little bit. So I think in Europe, they are given that time. But 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 for me, uh, you know, it goes back to, you know, when I played and when things were, were under the Sunnis revolution and, and they came in. And, and, and I, I'm a big believer in, in the spine of the team, you know, where... 
the manager has come in and he's looked at, right, who can I use up through the middle compared to maybe what Murty had, Kachinya had, Warburton had, he's yeah. McGregor, he's now got Goldston. Who made two magnificent saves says, last night. You know, Goldston and Hollander last night, the spine of the team. Um, you know, Jack and Davis, the spine of the team. You know, and Morelos doing what he's doing and adding millions to his tag as he goes along. So right up through the middle there, Bill, with guys doing it either side, um, it's an ama- it's, ama- it's, it's amazing uh, turnaround in about four days for what we witnessed at Tynecastle on Sunday. Words were said in the dressing room that there is no doubt on Sunday Sunday afternoon to lose the league or on the, in the league, and I think there were a lot of people hurt by that. So to react in the way they did, yeah, Porto are not the Porto of all, but only last year they played in the Champions League. Um, they've got good players, technically cracking players. Uh, but Rangers went and 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 they were authoritative in the game. They didn't yes, stand. They, they didn't stand back. They went front foot, toe to toe, matched him in every department. When they go a goal down on a, a slack pass for Ryan Jack, probably his worst pass of the night. But I've got to say something. What a great finish for the boy who scored. And he's bit McGregor into. You know, I'll on. tell you something. You see when you see it in slow motion, and Stephen Gerrard says no goalkeeper's going to save a strike like that. He wasn't far away, McGregor. No. And you see if McGregor had got a couple of fingertips to that. He's got such a good wrist Mm -hmm. that that would have gone over. But you can't fault the strike. You know, the way, and and he did it perfectly. He set it out and it just started coming back. You know, it was one of those that zipped in because there was hardly any back left. You know, when Ronaldo hits free kicks, there's a a slight dip on it and it just whizzes by the goalkeeper. But to come back the way they did and the pass into the middle of the park, the not wide for Ryan Kent, Borna looks up, zips it in, Alfredo goes where he should be. But you know, Hugh, Rangers Rangers made breaks like that on five or six different occasions throughout the game uh, and always looked as if they could threaten Porto. Yeah. You know, at every point. Yeah. Whenever Rangers came forward, Porto didn't look comfortable. I think Porto, I I think Porto maybe underestimated Rangers a wee bit last night, Bill. Yeah, I think they've looked at Scottish football, still no ahead of Celtic as such and... You know, the manager only second year into his, new, his season into his managerial career. I, I think they've looked at that as, right, we're fancied, we're at home, we're Porto. But I think Rangers um, have been great backing for the fans, I may add, as well. Yeah, phenomenal. Impe- impeccably behaved, I believe. And, uh, if, you know, I mean, that all goes well. With the pressure that's on them right now anyway, even at away days. And I think the manager, uh, you know, went out his way a wee bit on Wednesday. Yeah. You know, to, to, to hammer that home as well, saying, listen, guys, you know, give us your backing, we fully need you, but you know what we're looking for. And I think the Rangers fans deserve great plaudits as well. Just, a, just It could have been such a perfect night with the header late on, and the goal has made a magnificent save. You actually think if, if Alfredo goes across him, Bill, to, to go where the balls came from, it's in the net. It would be as easy for him to go to the left-hand side of the goal with the header rather than try to beat him near post. But, you know, that's one of the things which is a positive but a negative about an instinctive goal scorer and striker yeah. is that they, they, they go for what the gut tells them straight right. away. Just get out of the line. You know, yeah. Just whatever arms. Uh, and get to be line. fair to Morelos, you know, who can complain about that boy's performances when it comes to scoring goals. And I've got to be honest, I'm going to hold up my hands again. I saw a couple of times last night as well where his hold-up play, even out in the wing, was phenomenally good. His first touch has got far, far better. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's a far more rounded player. 
couple of wee bits of display of where you thought, oh dear, is he going to go or is he not? But he didn't. In fact, a couple of times you could see him laughing with other players on the Porto side. Uh, and I've got to say, you know, Morelis for me, I've got a friend who's uh, very well connected at Aston Villa and he got in touch with me today and he sent me a picture of Morelis and he said, Villa back in the hunt for him. However... The price has been hiked substantially right, uh, since they last had a word about it or, or had an interest in him. And it's great that Morelis is making this contribution, but, you know, the more he does, the more likely he is to go. OK, it'll be for big money, but the bigger that money gets, the harder it's going to be to say no to someone in a January window. And I know Rangers fans will be apoplectic and say, no, he'll not go anywhere. And Stevie Gerrard will say, he'll not go anywhere. Somebody comes in with a big, big offer and trust me, Alfredo Morelis will be on the move. I don't know about January, Bill. I think, uh, I think to me, I think the Rangers have, have definitely, uh, you know, get aspirations of competing with Celtic come May time, come the chance. I agree with you. In fact, I'll tell you why I wouldn't sell him in January, even if that big offer comes in. And that is the fact that he scored 16 goals already this season. He could end up in 40 goals, 40 plus goals by the end of the season. How many zeros go on the back of the figure that we're talking about then? Yeah, well, I think I think the big money always gets spent in the summer rather than January. Again, yeah, I think we spoke last night. I've been in that money night. I forget what night it was. I said, <laughs> you know, it was uh, Ollie McBurney and a twenty-two million yeah. for Swansea. Sheffield United is a far better player than Ollie McBurney, and we can compare because they both play up front. Both are looking to score goals. Look at their touch, look at their movement, look at their heading ability, and Morelis is a way ahead of McBurney. So there's there's a comparison right away. Again, the flip side, it's, you know, he's coming out of Scotland, but again, Tierney, I'll, I'll, I'll put that probably a few zeros on the price as well. The fact that he's come down for 25 million, so it shows you that the English Premiership are, are now eventually looking to come to Scotland and get gems and spend a bit of money. And don't forget, it's strikers that command the big bucks. Well, that's right, exactly. And the more he does it, we all know what he's done. So, you know, Alfredo must be chuffed with himself. His teammates must be chuffed with Alfredo. The manager must be chuffed. The, you know, the powers that be, the chair, everybody must be absolutely over the moon with this guy. A young guy who does play on the edge, plays on the edge of everybody, defenders, referees, whatever... So frustrating. There must have been loads of times in that dressing room last year when the players were probably just wanting to clatter them, mm-hmm. having having lost games, and that happens in dressing rooms. I know that I've been in it and and been cl- been clattered, been clattered, <laughs> done clattered, and you know been involved in clattering, like yeah. you name it. So I know what it's like and what, what goes on in there. But I tell you, um, and that was a big test for as well for the manager in his first season how to handle Alfredo Morelos, and um, I think a lot of people. We're a wee bit unsure, but I think you're right. His temperament, his touch, his ability all His round overall game has, has got... improved. Uh, it's improved greatly. Yeah, without a doubt. Again, from Finnish football, recommendation for, for Jonathan Johansson, 1.2 million. Uh, you know, well done, Rangers. That has been an unbelievable bit of business. And, and I think you know, I know, most of the Bears know, come the summer of next year, if it is the summer and Rangers do become champions... You know, they'll shake Alfredo's hand and wish him all the very, yeah, very best. Because absolutely. Mr King, definitely, Bill, will take money for that kid next summer for me. Yeah. Uh, gentlemen, Jack, hopefully the resurgence of Barisic will help Tavernier out of his poor form. Having a great outlet down the left will mean the onus is not only on the captain to cross from wide, allowing him to concentrate on his own job to a greater extent. Yeah. And that's a good point because he has been the one source mm-hmm. uh, over the last couple of seasons. The fact that Barisic now can 
make a contribution from his side of the park. It does give, you know, it does take the, the strain a wee bit off of uh, James Tavernier well, to be the only deliverer. Most of the things, uh, most of the Rangers, you know, you know, build-up play was always down there. Tavernier, Candias, Tavernier, whoever was playing in the, in the wide side of ta- uh, uh, Tav. Um, he, he's just having right now... Uh, a crisis in his confidence. That's that that happens in players. You get away with it if you're playing at a lesser level with a lesser team, and the expectations are not as high. Every time you touch the ball as an Rangers player, mm-hmm. you're expected to do something that wee bit different. I watched him last night. He didn't hide. He always looked to take the ball. A couple of times he could have been, you know, quite selfish with it, but he went. Mm, I could see it because all he did was turn inside a couple of times, knocked it back to the centre by or knocked it inside because his confidence is down a wee bit. Yeah. And he had a chance early on as well. And the, and the Tav last season would probably have had to target with that one as well. So there, there is a, 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 a confidence thing now with James Tavernier. And I don't. I think the manager nailed it there. He says probably the last thing that James Tavernier need, is needing is, is dropped. Never, never mind using the rested, rested phrase. Yeah, yeah. It would be dropped, wouldn't it, Bill? Yeah. So you know, I don't think he would need that as a player. Play through it. You, all your pals are on the part with you. All your teammates are all wanting you to get better. You don't become a bad player overnight. Eye confidence can come back as quickly as it went, and I think that's what the manager is pinning his hopes on. No, I agree. Listen, let's move on to Celtic Park. Celtic, uh, it was a nail-biter last night. Yeah. They, they went a, a goal down, uh, managed to come back and win 2-1. Mm-hmm. Uh, how Celtic went a goal down, I'm not quite sure, because they had all the early play and were playing with good movement, good pace, uh, got caught on the break. And got caught cold, to be fair. Mm -hmm. Um, The only thing I would say about Celtic in the early stages, they created a lot of opportunity, but in that final third, just couldn't get the ball away, just couldn't make anything of it. Um, I think as the game got stretched and the game opened up a wee bit, it obviously helped them. But Lazio were were very solid at the back initially. Uh, Before I actually talk and get your feelings on that, one thing I am going to say, I hope to goodness that UEFA are going to maintain consistency Mm -hmm. and are going to take action against Lazio for their fans doing Nazi salutes, Mm -hmm. which is totally unacceptable. It's racist as well. Um, And I hope UEFA are going to punish them the way that they've punished Rangers and Celtic in recent times for pyrotechnics and for racist singing. Uh, UEFA have to be consistent and they have to be strong on this mm-hmm. uh, and that is wholly unacceptable. Absolutely, I've got to agree, there people came and spoke to day about it and obviously you know, you, you can't see it on camera you can hear what's going on and uh, I think the Celtic fans were, were, were giving it their best to, to obviously tell them what they thought of what mm-hmm. they were doing I think the Celtic fans were very, very boisterous on on, on what they were up to in the, in the Lazio, which is absolutely incredible. Nazi salutes and what have you regarding what's going on. They're an Italian team and support your team. And usually, as I said, it's usually full of Italian waiters and, and restaurant owners in, in the Italian end, no matter mm-hmm. who they're playing. But that was certainly, you know, f- from people from Italy and back home last night that were up to all naughtiness. It was shocking. Um, as a game, you know, particularly watched it all... Um, it was a typical European night, full house, great atmosphere. Um, you know, in many ways, I thought Celtic looked as though they were going to lose the game. You know, when they went one down, 
um, you know, Lazio looked great in the break. But first, for the first half of 20 minutes, it was all Celtic. Yeah, yeah. They, they then yeah. lost the goal, and after that, yeah. until half time, it was all Lazio. Yeah, that's right. And, and any time that Lazio got the ball, there was big, wide open spaces. Um, and, you know, they obviously dodged a bullet at 1 0. The guy's won through, he's 1 and 1 and hits the post. And yeah. Before you know it, that was the turning point in the game. But you're always expected something to happen with Celtic, you know, when Christie gets on the ball, when Forrest gets on the ball, you know, when Big Julian's defending the way he is and, 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 and potent at corners, which was proved with his winner. First goal was a, a great ball for Edward. I think the goal was a wee bit unsighted because it seemed to run down his throat, you know, that I'll way. T- yeah, I'll tell you what, what did happen if you if you recall it, and, and I don't know why defenders do that, but the defender turned sideways to it. Aye, and it. And kind of turned his back on it, aye, and, and, and it, it just missed him. Aye. If he'd have stood big, aye, it would have hit him. It would have hit him if he'd have stood and big. The, and the goalie's no seen that. He can't see through the player. That's right. Uh, the ball's just kind of. It, it didn't get into the net that, that hard, but it was. But it was well placed, yeah. You. Yeah, it was a decent strike. He does that. Christie did a great strike the first half as yeah. well. Hit one that hits the outside of the post. Forrest was a wee bit disappointing again. Distribution fell out of the ball a couple of times. I think so frustrating, James Forrest. But uh, over the piece, fantastic result. Again, Lazio, maybe similar to the Porto team, not as as good as old, but Immobile, come on, he missed a good chance. Of I don't winning. know why they didn't start Immobile. I don't know that because when we had the. Uh, we had the, the, the Italian yeah, Nemo on, on Tuesday night or Tuesday night Nemo Tavali Wednesday night was it Tuesday night Wednesday night Wednesday night <laughs> doesn't matter, doesn't uh, matter. Had, during the week we had him <laughs> and uh, Ed said you know Immobile obviously right now flying in Serie A looks as though he was going to start the game never mentioned an injury or anything so the other boy Miliki Savic whatever his name I've got it here but I can I'm having to get my specs with me so Aye. Mm-hmm. Um, Malinko, Aye, Savic. Malinko Savic yeah. Malinko Savic what a player that boy is as yeah, well controlled yeah. everything in the middle of the park for Lazio um, I tell you who else rolled back the years last night again Scott Brown led by example Scott Brown I thought Scott Brown was absolutely outstanding I thought his work rate was good he was showing good pace to recover and get back and cover I thought he rolled back the years against Scott Brown. Well, again, you know, I like to look the man by man in Swanee, obviously in the jungle doing his man by man report. Craig's one for the Daily Record. Uh, this is Scott Brown. Skipper led by example with some tremendous covering and closing down of the opposition. Won the corner for the winner. And probably that is because that's what he did. It was a type of game that Scott Brown rolls his sleeves yeah. up, gets involved. And, he was uh, excellent last night, Hugh. And it was actually very funny because I, I seen a thing on Facebook later on at night about him when he went up to Fraser Foster. About, again, I've got to mention the save at the big man. Two saves well, I, at the big I man. I was actually going to leave them till the end ah, because well, they're so funny. good. It was good. The, the final one. Ah, the save. That, yeah, that was that was, that was was a draw. But the, oh, it had I, a draw I, written all over it. Yeah. How he did that and got to it. It was a magnificent ah, save. But the one that's cut back and he's got point blank as well was a decent save. I still think that final one oh. was just an absolute... It was a blisterer. It's a great strike. It's in the top corner. It really was a blister. he across those goals. Um, and that's, also, I'm not being funny, but that's not easy as a big man to be that agile. No, I, 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 I watched him pretty close in the last old film game and... He's a big unit, you know. He is a big, big unit, and he covered his, he covered the space unbelievably quick. Great save, uh, but oh, broke their hearts. But you can feel Celtic <laughs> part absolutely erupt. There was a gas. There was a gas. Aye, you could hear it. Yeah, and, and you don't, you know, those. That was a. That was just a. A t- 
total, total world class safety. It was. It was. It was an outstanding it, it won the save. game for them. In fact, I'm going to say this. Uh, it's not a similar type of save, but for me, it ranks along with the Gordon Banks header save in the, the, the uh, World save. Cup, the Pelly save. Yeah, it was a gas. Uh, it was one of those ones that just went. I know. Okay, I thought for a minute it actually hurt the, the, the stance, the update. You know that? Yeah. I thought he's not got to it. No, no, he got to it. What a save. And, and Celtic Park just erupted. It was like, as if they had scored. You know that way? Because uh, that was their last chance. It went back out, obviously, for a corner. And the referee blew. Let's the, the the Italians are asking asking themselves why nobody went with Julian. They let him get free. It was a free header. I mean, he could have taken his time with it. He could have kind of put a coupon on and then come back for it. But the way he placed it was absolutely fantastic. Skidded really, yeah. really well taken. And he looks at and, and, and to break better. to find the space yeah. and make the run. Yeah, that, that's that's good football. I, I think I think he's now beginning to look a player, Big yeah. Julian. You know, he's came uh, from France. He looks the part. He's elegant. I think he's a he's a big gentleman. Him and I told you I was lucky enough to meet him one night in the city and had a bit of chat. And I just thought he's a big class act. He plays just like. He plays like maybe with Van Dyke when he came into yeah. the, the, the Celtic team. You know, I think he's in third, fourth gear. I think there's so much more for Julian and, and the fitness will just, you know, that'll shine through and that'll bring more ability out in the big fella. Um, I, th- I think he's a classic Julian. Great header, good pitch for the good uh, corner. Clocked him running the way near post with a wee glance. Again, probably nobody on the back post. You wonder why, uh, you know, teams do that because if there's a right back on that post, Bill, He'll get, get it. He's getting there. Yeah, no, so you're I absolutely just do right. Do not understand teams now don't defend both posts. Mm. Um, especially when balls are getting zipped into the area where we touch and it's going away for the goalie. You get the back post uh, guarded and, and get your right back on there. Listen, I got a thump in the all like I always do when I said this on social media. And, I, you know, I'm pleased that both teams came away with such good results mm-hmm. um, because it does put them in the position where. We can realistically think that they've got an opportunity to go through both teams. I know Celtic are looking pole position for this, but both teams could go through. It helps our coefficient to such a a place where we could end up with two Champions League spots and maybe not have to play as many qualifiers next season Mm -hmm. because we've really rocketed the coefficient this season and last season Uh, and that can only be good for Scottish football and it can be good in a number of different ways it'll be good for revenues for the clubs number one number two it's going to be a lot easier to draw better quality players to your clubs when you're getting to decent stages within good European tournaments Uh, so that's going to be a help to them as well but the other thing is as well that that from a, a, a football point of view seeing Scottish football on the world stage it's going to help that as well. Well, you, you think about, you know, if you look through the Rangers team and the Celtic team, the amount of guys who are, who are getting picked for their country, obviously there's more in the Celtic team right now in Stevie Clark's thoughts than the Rangers team, but if their guys are doing well, Bill, in a European stage, surely that must help them when they go actually to play with Scotland. The fact that, they, and as in a European, OK, it's, it's domestic, but, you know, they're holding their own against better European players, and you would think when they then, you know, go and represent Scotland... They're used to being in that European stage yes. and it'll help the, hopefully the Scottish team as well. I think that stacks up. So if you're doing the business, uh, you know, for your club at European level, why not do the business when you're playing Scotland? Got to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. How much are we missing Alan McGregor now at international level? 
Well, he made the call, and I, I don't think there was any big fallout after the, the carry on with Barry and what have you. And he, he had his sabbatical from it, and then came back. And you could see the difference when he came back into the Scotland team. He saved Scotland on numerous occasions as well. I, I just don't think the Scotland things or don't he just having McGregor back. I think more's needed in front of McGregor. Wouldn't have done any harm to have him. I'm a wee bit surprised. I think goalies can go. He's looking at an extension to take him into his 40. The goalie was all over it the other day there on the record. I spoke to the goalie about that and he thinks McGregor will play well in his 40s. He's that type of boy. Mm-hmm. He's uh, He's got himself really fat. He's came up the road fatter than he was before he went down and his time in England has stayed him in good stead for, for the remainder of his, his, his years at Ibrox. And he'll not go anywhere else. He'll probably get a job in the coaching staff. That'll be all added in. So... He, he's playing, I would say that it's, it's a kind of different Alan McGregor this time it's come up. He looks a lot, I don't know, crabbit and, and faces and <laughs> shouting and maybe that's just the way he is and he's a winner. He's, maybe that's the way they require them you, to be down in about, England. You talk about winning, he's a winner. And he, yeah. you know, he's in there with the Davises of this world and, and what have you guys who are renowned winners. And, and that's what you and want. That's what you need. And, and how many times have you said it and other people have said it, they've thought Rangers haven't had enough leaders on the park. Well, now, he okay, looks, he's leading from the back but he's leading um, and I think I think a lot of this kind of demeanour that he's got now has been developed in England as well because goalies are really in charge down south you know they're the guys that are shouting all the time marshalling the defence marshalling the midfield uh, and, and it's really important that you kind of have a goalie that's quite vocal for me well if you've got McGregor coming out you've got say Tavernier Hollander Golston Edmondson you know Katic and, and, and Borno Barisic and they're all quite they, Bill we forget they're young kids mm. that are playing there you know McGregor has played in that stage for many a year yeah, now yeah you're so right so he knows what they're expected of them and if they're not doing that then who better to come for it than the goalkeeper no you're absolutely right well listen as far as I'm concerned and I'll take the stick for it two great results for Scottish football last night well done to Rangers yeah they're great listen I, I think know. it's a great it's a fantastic result I said if they came back with anything it was a great result I think it's a great result for Celtic too because it, it, it took them right into the final minutes of the game. But again, we've spoken about this. Rangers have started to do that as well. You don't give up the ghost until you're up the tunnel. Absolutely. And you could see with Lenny we, with his interview, jump over Damien Duff, the, you know, the touchline explodes. You, you know, the technical area just, you know, goes into euphoria. And, and listen... At the end of the day, right, you're saying that, you're, it's a like to see the Rangers winning as well, but, you know... If, it's good if, for Scottish if, football. Listen, if, if we had to get a result, um, like anything, I know we're going I know we're going on and on and on about we're one each, which was a great result, but if we'd have won two one away, we'd still be talking about the Rangers. Yeah, <laughs> no, know. You know that way, so... But it was a great result for Celtic br- and Rangers. It was Rangers. a brilliant result, and, and they're not getting away from it. It's good for the game, it's good for Scottish football. I know we'll probably get a bit of pop, but who cares? We're here to give our opinion. It was a great result against a top-class team who hold their own every year in Serie A, spend a lot more than Celtic, I may add, as well, mm-hmm. even though they're below the Juventuses of this world and, and, and the big clubs, AC Milan, Inter Milan. Lazio are still a massive, massive football club that spend millions and millions on players. So, you know, for, for the Scottish champions to beat them last night, um, I think they were shell-shocked at the end of it, and Zaggy as well. You know, he was totally, totally gone. Lenny's up shaking his hand and, and he was like, can't believe you beat us here. But mm. hey, a bit of a smashing grab, I've got to say. Again, Swanee's went on to say that in his piece. We bit of a smashing grab, which kind of rubbed it in their nose a wee bit more. Uh, again, maybe Lazio turned up. But again, when, when we spoke to the journalist on Wednesday night, 
Um, he was kind of split down the middle on that one. Yeah. It wasn't exactly He thought same. it was either going to be a draw 1-1 one, 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 or he thought it was going to be 2-1 to Celtic. Well, he did. And uh, so, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's massive, massive patting pant the back to Celtic. It was a great result. All right, listen, we'll uh, take a break. We'll come back. We'll get Heggs on. We'll hear what he has to say about both fixtures as well. And we'll look ahead to the weekend. Of course, it's a, uh, another week of domestic action. Uh, Rangers have got to make amends uh, for their... Poor performance at Tynecastle, and Celtic will be out to prove a point as well over the weekend. Plus, Motherwell, they will want to maintain ground going to Ibrooks this Sunday. At Motorpoint, we put the super into car supermarket. We're here to save the day with a choice of over 7,000 low mileage, nearly new cars. Find your next car in a flash with our lightning fast service and same day drive away. Plus, with Motorpoint's price pledge, if you find the same car for less, we'll match the price and give you a £50 Amazon voucher. Visit Motorpoint Glasgow today, just two minutes from Junction 3 of the M74. T's and C's apply. See website for details. The list of things you need to do gets longer at this time of year, whether that's for the house or in your business. So take one thing off your list right now. Your septic tank could need emptied. Let Grant Henderson Tankers empty your septic tank in the home or work, farm, factory or workshop at very competitive rates. We are septic tank specialists, experienced, safe and dedicated to environmental safety with our own licensed disposal site. Find out more at wemovesh.it or call 01698 284 987. Grant Henderson Tankers, let the experts manage your waste. Have you ever lost money on an investment? If a high street bank persuaded you to buy a stocks and shares ISA, unit trust or investment bond and you lost money, Goodwin Barrett may be able to help you get back thousands of pounds in compensation. We've already helped thousands of people just like you claim back millions of pounds. Even if you don't have the investment anymore or the paperwork, Goodwin Barrett make it easy to find out. Text GOOD to 6677. Text GOOD to 6677 now. Have you picked up the Feel the Heat brochure from your local plum base? Get one today and take advantage of great offers, including Polypipe's Polymax 100-piece fittings bucket at £99.99. That's a 15% saving on purchasing individual pieces, and it's exclusive to plum base. The Polypipe Polymax 100-piece fittings bucket is just part of the Polypipe range available in the plum base Feel the Heat brochure. Shop online now at plumbase.co.uk or grab one from your local branch. Love music. Live Sport Talking Football With Bill Young, Hugh Burns and Paul Hegarty On Rock Sport Radio Okie dokie, good to have your company for this Friday night As we head towards the weekend, final one of the week Hegs, how are you? I'm fine Bill, yourself? Hello Paul Spot on How are you all? We're very good Paul, we're very good We've just been talking about both the games And we'll get your views on them from last night Obviously Rangers and Portugal uh, 1-1 draw with Porto How did you see it? It's a great result Because I spoke before Bill You know, when you when you go to Europe Whether it's home or away It's, it's difficult But uh, I think Stevie Gerrard's team Over the last 18 months Have been exceptional in, in Europe And another excellent result And the goal that Rangers scored against Porto Was, was absolutely superb Good ball into the box And Morales' first touch Was absolutely superb And set him up for a, a great strike In the top left-hand corner But Great result because, as I say, you got these these teams in these countries, and it's and it's very very difficult, and it's a it's a great point for Rangers. 
Pegs, would you like to take that away, you pervert? <laughs> Come on, he's putting... Pegs, I bought this. Pegs, by mistake, I bought the Daily Star this morning. He's putting, I thought, I thought uh-huh. I'd thought I'd bought the record, and they obviously still do their wee bit. And you'd, the next chance you get, you need to buy a Daily he's put, Star. You don't, Hegs, don't. He's it's, it's, he's still in the Stone Age. This boy, he really is sometimes. Well, uh, it's, Hegs, a page, it's a page after page two. You need to watch. Hegs, what we were gonna, what we were gonna ask you was, or what I was gonna ask you, because I was more focused on football than he was on other things. Uh, I was gonna say, and we discussed this, uh, uh, Hugh and I. How much, and I know he's got huge domestic experience in the, the Premier League in uh, in England, but how much does the experience of the Rangers manager come into play in these ties with the vast experience he's got of playing for Liverpool in Europe? Well, he's, he's, the pedigree's so high for Stevie Gerrard because he won the Champions League, you know, in that famous uh, result against Milan, so... His, his credentials are, are, are excellent, along with his assistant manager, uh, Gary McAllister. So um, I, I think when you play at the highest level, like say, these guys have played, I think it's enormous because, one, you've got the respect from the players instantly, and two, you've been through all that before, and all you can do is try and pass some information and, and uh, help to, to help the players uh, get a result uh, in Europe. And that's what they've done. But, you know, I think it's... Both clubs, and obviously we're talking about Rangers, it's, a, it's an enormous point because um, the, the, the section they're in, you know, it's very, very tight and uh, we'll go to the wire. Probably the, the, the fact that the four teams are in it, Young Boys, Porto Rangers and Fairnood uh, and Group G, but it's, it's very tight, but I think the next two home games for Rangers at home are going to be uh, uh, vital and uh, I'm sure they'll get them, get them through because they say that you've done the hard bit away from home, but Sometimes when you go back home, you, 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 I'm not saying you'd be more casual and relaxed because that will happen, but, you know, the pressure's supposed to be off you, but more so the pressure's on you because, one, you've got to produce the goods in front of your home fans and two, it's a home game. What about Celtic last night? We were talking about Fraser Forster's uh, last-minute save, which still I can't believe he, he managed to make. It was absolutely phenomenal. Celtic a wee bit frustrated in the first 20 minutes. They they got into the final third but couldn't actually create any openings and put any pressure on the Lazio goal. They get caught cold on the break. After that, Lazio seemed to be in control until half-time. Fairly even in the second half, it was back and forward. Uh, but when Celtic got their, their equaliser, it started to swing again in Celtic's favour. Yeah, well, when Christie obviously equalised, uh, that that was a sort of breath of fresh air, and obviously, you know, the, the fans could uh, uh, breathe a sigh of release. But you see, the interesting thing that uh, one, you got caught in the break, you know, and uh, you tend to find, you know, Celtic especially, you know, um, the, 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 the fans demand them to go forward all the time. And, and in Europe, you've got to be a bit more cuter, you know, you've just got to be more patient. And if it means, you know, just biding your time and not getting caught, caught in the break as, as they did, then uh, that's what happens. But the nature of the beast, the fans, and Rangers fans as well, they want their, their, their club and their, their team to go gung-ho all the time. And sometimes you've got to learn from past experiences that, you know, if it's not happening, you've still got 90 minutes to do it. And fortunately for Celtic, they scored uh, uh, in the last uh, seconds of the game through Julian. But it's a great so I, I, I thought 
I, I thought Rangers had a, a, a probably a better chance than, than uh, Celtic, and I thought Rangers would maybe sneak it over there. I thought Celtic were going to have a, a more difficult night um, uh, at home to, to Lanzo, but they managed to get the, the vital three points. And you know, the, the bottom line, Bill uh, and Hugh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a great night for for uh, the old firm and a great night for Scottish football. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Funny you say that about Lazio, though, Paul, because they've not been travelling well in Europe. That's their fifth defeat away from home out of six games. Well, some, sometimes you just get that, you know... Um uh, with a club and at this moment in time they're finding it difficult but you know they were hoping to shut up shop and obviously they eventually got to the point that you know they were looking for and, uh, trying to sort of get the monkey off their back and making sure it's not going to be a, another away defeat but you know Celtic come up with the goods but sometimes you, you, get, you, you might get the rub of the green when you get back home but you know um, Italian clubs in the, the best you know are always uh, famous for shutting up shock and keeping it nice and tight but obviously, uh, on this performance and on this result, Celtic managed to get the uh, the three points. But you know, I was looking at some of the stats, and over the last 15, 16 games that Celtic have played Italian football, they haven't got a track, good track record against them, and it was good to see that the, they managed to turn the tables on this one. Higgs, there's something about Bill, there's something about Celtic Park on a European night. How many times over the years Celtic have not been getting into it that well? Okay, they're still top of the league. Have went top of the league last week. But, you know, it's a, it's a cauldron, isn't it? You know, they make it such a, a home venue as such. Yeah. You know, and it's very difficult. You know, the, this is a team that beat Barcelona in the Champions League a few years back as well. You know, and it's just, Paul, incredibly difficult to, to break down at home. I think your, your, your fans, you're right, I think your fans at home play a big part. One, you know, you've got to get behind the team, which they do, which is Celtic or Rangers. Yeah. But I think more importantly, in Europe especially, uh, I think you've got to be more patient and if the fans could just be a wee bit more patient from either side and just gives the, gives the players a wee bit of respite knowing that you know if it's still 0-0 zero, zero after an hour you know mm-hmm. it's not a problem because yep. if you notice most continental and obviously foreign sides you know their fans are fairly philosophical about you know the game they're, they're trying to sort of stay on the, the right side and, and, and be patient with their, their uh, I don't know if it's the nature of the, the beast and nature of the people abroad compared to the Scots, but you know we want a, a result there and then. Well, the, the European uh, supporters seem to be a bit more patient and a bit, seem to be a bit more forgiven uh, here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just going back to your own uh, your own club, uh, Mister Haggerty. Uh, they got a real tonking, and that's the second defeat they had, uh, of course, after Aloha, but they got a real tonking for nothing uh, by Queen of the South. Okay, it was down at Palmerston, but you are still looking for Dundee United. Surely to kick on from the, the, the Aloha result and take something from that game. One word, Bill, something. You know, that's, that's not acceptable. Um, for Dungeon United and albeit you know um, uh, Dobby had to score for, uh, for for a few weeks possibly maybe maybe a couple of months and then he did the business against United last week and scored a, scored a couple so one uh, it was unthinkable it did happen uh, does it surprise me away from home no so much you know um, and just what you said as well Bill you know the, the lost two weeks before that uh, before the, the national break which was Alaba so that's uh, five goals lost 
start on the trot uh, and obviously away from home. They have done very well uh, at home, but if you want to win leagues, you've got to be consistent, and you've got to be consistent at home and away. Um, I remember when we won the league, there was 36 games uh, that season. We won 24. We drew eight and lost four. Now, United at this present time uh, have lost three. Uh, and that's only nine games so that is not championship material mm. um, what I don't like is coming out uh, at Dungeon United present you know the, the players are saying oh you know this shouldn't happen and we'll, we'll make amends well you know it's happened too often last season the year before they come out with these quotes they should just keep quiet uh, and allow the manager to speak uh, and he spoke a lot of good common sense this week but the players seem to have uh, I like to say, well, you know, um, we have let the fans down. We've got to do this and do that. We'll get back into winning ways. Take it as not to say anything, but do the business on the park. Mm. Paul, can I uh, dare I suggest that there is a common factor, obviously, in these last two defeats, and that's the plastic pitches. Well, if you want to win leagues, well, it doesn't matter where you're playing. You've got you've got to play in all the surfaces, and and and, and everyone knows before the start of the season. That's the surface you're going to play with. So you've really got to adapt. We have we have um, synthetic surface uh, outside Tanadice, so they'll be practicing that prior to these games. So they've no excuses. Uh, and to lose five goals without even scoring against Allo and, uh, and uh, Queen of the South, and that's no disrespect to these two teams, we should be doing a lot better. We've scored six goals against Dundee, six goals against Morton uh, uh, Tanadice, plus four. Uh, against Inverness at the start of the season. That's now, what, 12, 16 goals at home. That's great. But they've got to do it all the time uh, at home and away. And I'm not talking about four or five away from home. Winning one nothing or 2-1 uh, against the likes of Queen of the South or, or Allawa, respectively, that's good enough for me. But at this moment in time, they're starting along and they've got to get uh, uh, sorted out with Dunfermline tomorrow because Dunfermline uh, got a great result last week. Uh, it helped United a lot. Still stay, uh, staying in the top of the group, you know, top of the peak, albeit on on uh, on uh, goals against Air United, beating Air United 3 2 last week, Bill. So um, they did United a, a real turn, but I'm sure um, Dunfermline will come to the morning with a, with a lot of confidence and, you know, I think if they uh, if they keep it nice and tight against Dungeon United, it's up to United to uh, break them down because what's happened with United in the, the last couple of home games, they've scored early on, so it's made it easier for them uh, because obviously the opposition have had to come out and try and equalise, and that's allowed United to to try and uh, uh, get behind uh, the opposition which they have and scored plenty of goals. So um, I think if Dunfermline keep it tight and keep it solid, then it could make it really difficult for, for a Dungeon United team that are great at home but poor away from home. Shouldn't they be going losing 4-0 Higgs away from home? Absolutely no chance. If you're expected, I'm not expected, you know, people are looking at you to be up there at the top half of the season, at the end of the season, and you are Dundee United and you've had no bad start. I, uh, you know, Queen of the South, they'll put up a bit of resistance. But if your attitude's right, you're not going to tell me that Queen of the South have got better players than Dundee United. And uh, I don't buy into the 4G thing. You go and you compete and, and you win the game. But 4 0 is an absolute embarrassment for that club. I couldn't believe the result. And uh, on the back of Robbie, of course, signing the, the new deal, or was just about to sign the new deal, um, was, was you know, uh, certainly what he didn't need. But again, as you said, they'll film and come out tomorrow, a good result last Saturday. 
and uh, you know the, the pressure's back on United. Oh, it, it seems to be two forward, and one back, Paul. They never, they never seem to kick on, don't they? No, you're never gonna right. We'll win the next six games and make a wee bit of daylight between second place and get a wee lead. I think that's, I think that's going to be the, the case for the season, Paul. I think you've said you you're spot on, but I think this year is going to be the same as last year uh, and the, the season before. I think it's going to be really, really tight because, you know, from sort of Dunfermline uh, right up to United, there's only eight points um, separating them all. So yeah. you get a couple of wins and a couple of defeats. You're, you're uh, back in uh, the mix or you're, you know, down tumbling to seventh or eighth. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think most of the teams... Um, you are all much the same. Mm-hmm. Patrick Thistle are going to come. You know, there's no doubt about it because Ian McCall stepped in there. You know, he's had a, a, a decent start and uh, they're going to shoot up the league. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Mm-hmm. So they'll be back in the mix eventually. They had a good result last week, didn't they? Was two or three results and you're back in it. Yeah, they had a good result at Dundee last week, weren't they? Three goals right. in the last five minutes, albeit. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they're definitely in the mix. But uh, that'll be a good crowd. A good crowd there tomorrow. It'll be six or seven thousand, I would imagine. You need uh, Fairman will bring up maybe a good 1500 anyway just up the road so I would think there'll be a good atmosphere at that one Higgs Not at all, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, pressure's on, absolutely. OK, let's look ahead to the weekend, boys, if we may, and uh, we'll kick off with uh, Hibs against Ross County. Mm-hmm. You can kick this off, Mr Burns. Yeah, it's, listen, it's a game that Hibs, you know, the last couple of games have dominated. They dominated the game at Petaudry, um, one each. They dominate in Hamarakis, one each, and Higginbottom's going, what do we need to do to get a win? And... and He's obviously getting it right until the final. Play Camberry. What? He's play Camberry. Play Camberry. You know, he's playing the boy Doidgen and he's getting in front of Camberry. But, you know, that's the manager and, and that's why he gets paid for to make decisions. But you would think that, you know, on paper, where Hibs are, the second bottom in that league, it's seven points, um, you know, out of possible 27 is is just absolutely a terrible start for, for Hibernian. And, um, you know, you, the. There's got to be a wee bit of pressure on Paul Higginbottom, especially on the back of the loss of the the, um, the derby as well. Ross County did a free hit last week. You know, we spoke about that on the Monday. You know, they've dusted themselves down this week. Go down to Hibs and play with a free spirit. They're sitting in 12 points, mid-table on six spot, which is a great start. You know, and you're saying that they're still trying to find their feet in the league. I don't know where you get that one, Bill, to be perfectly honest. I didn't say you. they were still trying to find their feet. I said I didn't think they were up to pace. Well, it's the same, Bill. No, it's not. If, if I said I didn't think they'd found no, their feet, I'd no. have said I don't uh, think uh, they found their feet. Bill, it's just the same. I said that I didn't think they were up to pace. I see them waiting for balls to come to them okay. rather than go and meet those yeah, balls. Yeah, don't yeah. try and stir me you're up tonight, Bunsy boy. 
the bait. You take the bait because if you're finding your feet at the bottom of the league, they're not finding their feet. They're not finding their pace. They're sitting in six, which I think is a great start. Anyway, they'll get down to Well, eight. that's all right. As long as you think it's a great start, it's fine. As long as you think it's a great start, we're okay. <laughs> well, we we'll take the government opinion, but at the end of the day, that's no matter so. how puerile it might be. Uh, okay, yeah, how putrid it's going to, how putrid it's going to be. <laughs> Listen, Hibs have eventually got to get a win, Higgs. I, I think, I think tomorrow, home advantage, having a couple of decent performances. Scott Allen's kind of found to sell out the team as well. He didn't start last week. Marlon seems to be doing it in the middle of the park, but I think Bill nailed it for as much as I don't like it. <laughs> I think Camberry has got to be in the manager's thoughts, especially at home tomorrow. Under a wee bit of pressure to get a goal. I know he's not an out and out, but I think it's a Camberry in before Dodge any week. Can you play them both together? Why not? Yeah, why not? It's not working what he's doing. Play them both together. Camberry's more of a number 10 for me anyway, but play them both together. Yeah, you know, but how many times have we said it? You know, I mean, name me a team that go with two. Especially (laughs) at home against Ross County. Play with two up front. But they don't, Bill. Nobody goes with two, and that's the thing. It's it's old school. How's it working with one? Well, isn't it working? They're no, they're no, they're no getting their, their foot over the line with, with, with dominating, dominating games. But as I say, Ross County will go down, and you know, it's, it's, again, is it maybe another bit of a free hit? Knows it probably people are expecting them to do something in the game. So, I think, I think if it's quite a cheeky little start, Ross County, and they'll go down there tomorrow, and I don't think they'll fear Hibs, but just Hibs having that wee bit better quality might just sneak it for me, Paul. You see that an interesting thing about Ross County. They did have a free hit against Celtic because when you go to these uh, places, you know, you know, if you get a point or two or a point or three, then you you want to watch. But you know, six nothing. It was a thumping. It could have been double figures quite easily. Uh, I did see the highlights of the game, and uh, uh, Celtic had many many chances against Ross County. They could have been really really embarrassing. It was bad enough losing six, but it could have been a lot, lot more. And Hugh's right, it was a free hit, but if you're going to lose, you, you want to lose, obviously, um, with a one or a two-nothing uh, defeat, but no six. And that can be quite a crumbling experience for uh, uh, a lot of these players at Ross County. I'm sure Kettle and Ferguson will obviously uh, have them up to speed to, tomorrow because they'll be looking for a reaction and the response uh, from uh, last uh, weekend's result against Celtic um, and I think uh, at this moment in time I, I must admit Bill, I think Ross County have had a great start this season you know coming from the championship picking up 12 points if, if they'd even picked up 9 points from 9 games um, I think it's a, it's a great return for a, for a club of that size and for the budget that size but at this moment in time they've got 12 points and I think they've got to get these points in the back early like to Livingston last year because they are going to have their tough times, like a lot of clubs, but they're going to have their tough times. And if they have points in the bag early doors, then they can afford one or two defeats. You've seen an interesting thing about Hibs. Uh, Hibs uh, had a stuffy draw against uh, Hamilton last week, and you mentioned Camberry. Now, um, Camberry, the player that Neil Lennon had when he was at Hibs, Neil Lennon had the same problem. You know, didn't play him. Paul Higginbottom's no play him. So uh, sometimes you've got to look at the player and say, well, why is he no play him? Is he not doing it in training? Uh, is he not implying himself better? Because if he was, I'm sure he'd be playing because he's a decent player. He's not a prolific goal scorer by any manner. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a decent player, but um, it's funny how two managers have found out that player quite early, saying, well, you know, he's not playing because 
I don't know, but there must be good reasons behind it because uh, we Jim maybe didn't particularly like you, but if you're producing the goods, mm-hmm. you're right. And you're I don't know you're any you're manager uh, who wouldn't play a player because he didn't like him. See if you're producing the goods. He could do whatever he wants, but as long as he's producing the goods and doing the business on a Saturday or during midweek, you play him. Now, Camberry's got to take a look at himself and say, well, why am I not playing? And now that's two decent managers, Neil Lennon and Paul Higginbottom, not played that type of player. Why? But here's, here's the thing, Higgs, and this is what I don't understand, and you boys say this all the time, and I agree with it and subscribe to it completely. Good players don't become bad players overnight. Mm-hmm. Now, when when he was on loan, Camberry, Hibs went out of their way to buy him and bring him back. Yeah. Uh, and, and so there was something there, and, and they saw something there. Uh, and what I'm thinking is, why is that gone? Uh, is he just disenchanted with Scottish football? Does he not like Scottish football? Does he not like being in Scotland? Would he rather be on the continent? I don't know. Maybe that's part of the whole problem. Uh, but something has changed dramatically. Because when he was here on loan, and maybe it was because he knew he was on loan and going back, uh, when he was on loan, he was uh, he was on fire. And that's why uh, Hibbs went and bought him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's all gone horribly wrong. But before you make your predictions, let me tell you this. Ross County have failed to win in the, the, uh, 10 of the last 11 away matches and Hibs are undefeated in the last five matches against Ross County in all competitions so when you're making your decisions uh, you might want to bear that in mind uh, when you look at them yeah well I'm going to go for can, can I just go to the Cambay thing yes you, yes. you, you mentioned him uh, Bill okay but how many players that sign a contract because they've done ever so well then when they sign a contract the form dips. Mm-hmm. I'm asking you, why does that happen? Well, I don't know. I really don't know. And, I and, think and, players resting their laurels and think, well, I've signed my contract. I'm okay for two years. I'm all right. Mm-hmm. That's that should be the last thing they should be thinking. Mm-hmm. The thing they should be thinking is saying, well, by the way, I've got a decent contract from my, from my manager and from my, my club. I'm going to try and get better, get a better contract, or get a better move. Yeah, well, play, listen, Paul. I think you're right, but I, I, I'm sorry to say I don't. I don't think players, you know, think that way now. I, I think they don't. No, I think they're very selfish, mate. I, I think. That's I think, what I mean. Yeah, I think you know they, they just don't. They don't play for managers and, and mm. uh, they they just they're there for themselves, Paul. And I, I see that, and that's just the, the way it is in the game now. There's no doubt about it, you know, because you know something, Higgs. Where it would affect us if we'd assigned a two-year contract if we're no playing. It doesn't affect these boys because they're still getting the wages. Yeah, they're not getting hit in the pocket oh, like you course, did. Of course they're not. And and that's that's the problem where their money's still going into the account at the end of the month, be it sitting in the stand or sometimes not even involved in the squad after signing a long-term deal. And, you know, it then puts so much pressure on the manager because the manager's went to, went to the chairman, you know, and stuck his neck out to get the guy the deal. On the strength of him saying, listen, Mr Chairman, he's going to do this and he's going to do that. And the next thing, the managers get egg in his face because the player's not done it. So it's, it's no fair in the gaffer doing that because if the gaffer's gave you the deal, he's the guy you want to repay along with the rest of your teammates. So it's, it's a, you, that, a different that, animal now. You've got to question the player's mentality. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I totally agree with you, Higgs. I see it. And, and, and I, I just, I, I, listen, it's the nature of the beast. It's the way the game is now, Paul. It's player power. Player power sums it up in one, you know, two words. Player power. And the manager hasn't got a leg to stand on. Is he the brother of the boy that plays for Kelly? Player power. 
Eh, ah, det er det. Nomke. Det er sengen, ja. Jeg kunne sige, at 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 I'm going to go 2-1 Hibs, Bill. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go 2-1 Ross County. No, don't see that. Don't well, see that. I'll, I'll tell you why I'm going no, for it. No, we don't really need to know. Let's move on to the next game. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to know, right? Forget about him. I want to know. <laughs> so do I know. Uh, the, the only reason I say is they've already been to the capital and taken points off of yeah. uh, Hearts. And the other thing is as well... So how, how, because it's the capital, well, they're going well, to get you, a win. No, can I just finish? Well, I wouldn't go. I don't, can, I don't can get I, that at Can all. I just finish? I don't get that. Right. Well, they've been to the capital, they like it there. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Point I'm saying that they're not overawed by going to Hibs or Hearts. The other point I was going to make is how many times have Hibs gone to the lead and it chucked it away? No, I'll give you that. <laughs> how does that wee emoji look goes? <laughs> I'm surprised you know what an emoji is. <laughs> I thought you thought an emoji was a chanty you put under your bed. <laughs> I, d- I don't. I really don't get that. But listen, we've oh, given him. Shut up. We've given him his moment of glory, but I don't get it at all. Fact right. It. So yeah. you're, bo- no you're both going two one for Hibs. I'm going two one for Ross County. And see you next week when I come in, Aye. and we're talking about the two one win. The two one win. Yes, two one. The two one win that Ross County got. I'll just sit and savour the moment. You'll That's all quoting, I'm going to say. Quoting, quoting. That's all I'm going to say. Absolutely. Uh, Kelly against St Mirren, you can start with this one, Higgs. Well, two teams, you got great results last week. Um, I'll start with St Mirren first. Uh, a vital and huge win uh, for Jim. Jim Goodwin and his team uh, last week against St Johnson, which we'll speak about them later on. Um, the question I'm going to say is, can Jim Goodwin build on it? Uh, because, you know, um, you know, they've done very well with regards to uh, not losing too many goals. They've only lost eight goals out of nine games, but they've got a, 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 a miserly five goals. But um, scoring two goals last week, uh, last week uh, was was absolutely fantastic. And Obika and Mullen scored uh, midway through the second half to secure the three points. I think that was a, a huge victory because, you know, it gets some a wee bit away for, for St. Johnston. In fact, it gets some four points away from, from St. Johnston. And I'm sure Jim Goodwin will try to install on the players that, you know, hopefully this is a start against obviously Kilmarnock, who got a, a good home result against Livingston. Uh, they're now fifth in the league with 14 points. Um, they probably like St. Martin, you know, they've, they've scored a wee bit more than, than St. Martin, but they've only scored eight goals for and eight against, exactly the same as, as St. Martin uh, uh, against, uh, against, goals against. Uh, but Alessio seems to have uh, went back to uh, a lot of the ways that, you know, Stevie Clark had, uh, had them playing, obviously, for the last 18 months. And with Dicker and McKenzie scoring goals, it was... Uh, Another great result for, for Alessio and his, uh, and his team. Uh, I just think at this moment in time that they're, they're looking quite a, a hard side to beat, especially at home. I think with a, a, another home game, uh, I think the fixtures they had Livingston last week and St. Martin this week, you know, they'd probably be looking saying, well, if we can get the, the, the full uh, uh, amount of points from the two games, then that stands as a good stead. They are fifth in the, in the spot. They started off really, really uh, shaky. Uh, look, 
like a club that was haunted and obviously uh, in despair. But they've resurrected that and picked a healthy 14 points and now fifth in the league. Just shows you what a couple of decent results can do for you, Hugh. I mean, the yes. other week we were thinking, mm-hmm. you know, Kelly are going to be down there among the dead men, and look at them now after two or three decent results. Fifth place, you know, and uh, he says, it, you know, again, the record's good to go to as well as this morning saying, Alessio learns the lingo by watching movies. Watching movies, yeah, I read uh, that. And it's not the kind of movies that you watch, Bill. Uh, Angela Alessio reckons he's now in the right movie. In the right movie, come on, after building his English language skills by watching films. He says, every day we speak. English here, he says, my assistant uh, Donati might say something fast in Italian, but I want to speak English well, it's vital, it's much better to give messages directly c- communicate with the players and the team, and again that goes down to what we had said at the start of the yeah. season when his English was very, very slow we have a good relationship, but we have to improve, and again it said it took time for him to settle in, he says, but Basically, you know, I'm learning every day here. He says, um, he says, during the week, I have lessons. It's important for me to improve my English. It's been difficult because sometimes I don't understand the accent. <laughs> he says, the Scots accent is difficult for me. I want to improve because it's important to communicate to players and staff. I've been watching TV. Sorry? Neither do we. No, absolutely. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and listen, this guy must be totally uh, going from one part of Scotland to other and how yeah. the language changes. And they must go, yeah. well, am I actually in Scotland here? Yeah. You know, for the Fifers to the Tuchters <laughs> up in Dundee or even Tuchterish and okay. sheep up north and down here yeah. and the Ouija's and all this stuff. And, you know, the accent just changes. So this guy must be going, I said I was in Scotland. It, it, everything's so, so different. So... You know, that aside, he, he's suddenly getting across to his players, getting the best out of them, sitting there in fifth after a real ropey start. Again, I keep going back to the Connors key game, but an absolute nightmare a start for the Italian manager. And just steady in the buffers a wee bit and on a good a good little run. Um, Jim Goodwin saying, you know, great three points last week. Fantastic. Needed it big time. Just the dressing room was, was, was totally jubilant last Saturday with a win and that's what wins do. You know, players are up for it. Good week's training. He says, but you know, if we win ugly tomorrow, I'll be delighted. He says, probably don't expect us to be first on sports scene on Sunday. He says, because we'll probably be at the end of it because I'm expecting a right towsy affair. Yeah. Keep things tight. Might be first goal the winner. Um, so he said that. He's expecting a tough game. But again, the fact that they've had the three points last week, they might be able to have a wee go, Bill. Right, I think that's a very good point because we were talking about Kelly and how they've picked up last two or three games we wins. and where it's put them. You look, if you're Jim Goodwin, the first thing you do is you look at the league and you say, we're above Hearts, we're above Hibs, we're against above St. Johnson, we're ninth in the league, you know, we're, we're only a point behind Hamilton who are in, uh, in seven, eighth and then seventh we're two points behind Livy. So, you know, when you you look at our three points behind Livy, you look at that situation, and I said to you last week, if you recall, how bizarre would it be if Hearts didn't take all points against Rangers, Hibs didn't take the points last week, and St. Johnson didn't, yeah. but St. Mirren won. Yeah. I said they leapfrog Hibs and Hearts. Yeah, well, if you look at the match facts, St. Mirren have lost their last four away games, Paul. Um, and Kilmarnock right. have won five of their last six home matches against St Myrne in all competitions. So, you know, if you're having a poop tomorrow, you would look at that and go, uh, Kilmarnock are definitely worth a wee, a wee punt at home, but 
Flip side of it St Mirren's come off a win Kelly I've, I've certainly turned the corner Got players playing again for him Notably The wee boy Mackenzie Who I rate anyway The wee guy uh, Wide right um, and, and they've got him back in the team and, and one or two other players And Simeon Jackson Seemingly has a good week's training Been interesting to see Whether he starts him tomorrow But um, it all goes for a good game In fact I was going to I, The more we looked I was waiting to see the fixtures Before I decided where I've got I've just texted Roman Montgomery Hopefully got a, got a player ticket left I was going to go to Livingston uh, Hearts But Kelly's just only 15 minutes So I'm going to go down to Kilmarnock tomorrow I look forward to that And plenty to talk about Monday night Okay well We have to make some kind of pronouncement on this mm-hmm. um, You can start with this one Paul I'm going to go home and uh, build 2 nothing Kilmarnock yeah, I'm going to go for Kilmarnock 3 St Man 1 I'm going to go 2-0 Kelly as well Because as much as I'd like to see Jim Goodwin do well The problem still for him is scoring goals It's not letting them in uh, But it's scoring and that's what that's what wins your games, isn't it boys? Absolutely, 100% yeah. uh, Aberdeen against Celtics on Sunday So we'll come to that in a wee minute Let's move to St Johnston against Hamilton We had Chipper on earlier on in the week And uh, this, in, in a lot of ways It's not a six-pointer for Hamilton But this is a big game for St Johnston Because if they're to get out of that area they've got to beat teams that they uh, kind of compare to like for like here yeah without a doubt and, and Chipper spoke really well Paul midweek we spoke about you know yeah. what, what is Brian Rice Monday to Friday she's shuggy I'm just the same guy I, I know I've now got my chance when I'm I'm 56 but I still go in and I know the players to cuddle I know the players to gear a, a boot in the backside to I still like a bit of a laugh in the dressing room but when I go out and, and turn on double sessions days off a freshness and, and and I think you know Gordon Young, who was on the Monday night, he 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 went. I thought he was actually, you know, I just think he was a wee bit. I don't know heavy in Hamilton. I think Hamilton are better under Brian Rice than they were under Martin Canning. I think he's getting a better squad together, and I think Aki's are better to watch under in, under Brian Rice with the way. Chipper used to play the game. They've got a wee bit of steeliness at the back with the boy Stubbs, and and he, he's kind of changed the middle of the park. Darren McKinnon was was Mister Hamilton for the guts of seven, eight, nine years there, and he's he's kind of changed that round a bit as well. Without you know, with the fear he's dropped the captain, so it shows you where Chipper is that he's no frightened to make those decisions, uh, and brought one or two young kids. I think the boy Lewis Smith, the wee boy that plays at eight wide rates, get bigger things ahead of him as well. Boy George Oakley up front. Um, and I think he's got good players around about him. So, I, I, listen, you know, I think everybody right now I'd want to play St. Johnston uh, on the back of what's coming out of St. Johnston, a disappointment uh, week in, week out. Tommy's even coming out, Paul, and saying that it's probably his strongest squad that he's had together for a while, which is, you know, baffling because they're not getting results. Um, there's a, you know, just a, 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 a confidence not within the squad. Um, you know, players are frightened to do things. That's what happens when you're doing it at the bottom of the league. Players just go into a bit of a shell. I think that's what's happening as well. But when you still look at the St Johnson squad, for me, it looks every bit as strong as the Aki squad. So, as much as you'd say, I Aki's have got a great chance. St Johnson at home, you've got to say, suddenly, you know, they've, they've eventually got to get their finger out and start doing it for, for, for themselves, for their teammates, for the club, for the manager. Because you know it's getting to the point now. You just wonder how much Tommy's got back, how much he's got left in the locker. Well, the worrying thing for me, guys, and you know I like to look at this. It's one of the first things I go for: seven goals for, and twenty-two against. 
they can't score goals and they're hemorrhaging them. You know, and that's a problem for any manager. And the worrying thing also for me, Paul, is that you're getting Tommy coming out and saying in one breath it's the best squad he thinks he's had at St Johnson, but in the next breath saying, I don't know what else I can do. And that, for me, worries me. Um, And I think think maybe by the end of this season, if he gets that far will be a season that could be a defining season for Tommy and whether he stays at St Johnston or not. I think they will persevere well, uh, but I honestly do, because uh, the way uh, he's been talking this week, you know, he was saying that no one, I mean, probably he's probably saying that everyone in the club, like whether it's directors or chairman, says no one's pushing the panic button. So maybe he's he's got, you know, um, uh, the yes from obviously the, the chairman and directors that just carry on but it's crucial time for St. Johnson there is no doubt about it um, the last thing they want is to uh, get a defeat against Hamilton tomorrow and worst of all they're isolated from other teams in the division because once other teams see a gap uh, you know from bottom to maybe uh, ninth and tenth then clubs start to try and kick on um, and defensively defensively for your right they've lost 20 goal, 22 goals this year and Tommy Wright defensively used to have a really sound experienced back uh, back law they've not got that anymore you know um, they've, they've, they've got a lot of players that are playing their trade and just needing a, a leader at the back to, uh, to help them i.e. like a, a Stephen Anderson who'd been there for 10, 11 years and uh, wasn't the most gifted but got people playing uh, and working hard. He defended really well as a centre-half and uh, allowed other people to, to do the, uh, the good things in, in the game. He defended really well and if they could get somebody, somebody like Stephen Anderson at the back to sort of try and modify and shore up shop at the, shore up shop at the back. But it's crucial times. So there is no doubt about it. Uh, and I think it's a, a bigger game for St. Johnston tomorrow than Hamilton. Uh, one, because, uh, as I said, they've only picked up four points out of 27. They haven't won a game, as you said. Uh, and the longer it goes on, the worse it gets, not just for the, for, for the fans, but obviously for the players and the manager. But I think, I think he'll get the back end of the, the board because he's past history, guys. Uh, and you might sl- slaughter me on this, but his past history up to the last, obviously the last year, 18 months, has been exceptional for a club like St. Johnston. Finishing the top six on at least four or five seasons and getting in Europe for the last four or five seasons up to the last couple of years. Uh, and I just hope uh, the chairman and obviously directors realise what Tommy's done in general over the last 10 years, that the, they just be patient and hopefully come tomorrow, get a result, and then it's onwards and upwards. But I think it's a bigger game for, for St. Johnston and Hamilton. Hamilton last week, they, they seem to be quite stuffy and mm-hmm. seem to be quite resilient. And I think uh, Brian Rice, he's really been quite upset by his team having to claw back goals. He would probably want them to score first to see if he can kick on and get decent results. They've always had to uh, be one nothing down and then try to equalise and pick up the scraps. So I think if Brian could see his team score first, 
then it takes a lot of pressure off him and his team, and they can maybe add to that, but um, I think it's a, a massive game for St Johnston. Well, here's the good news for St Johnston. The Ackies have failed to score in 12 of the last 15 away Way matches. Games. Yeah, so that that's the good news. The other good news is St Johnston have won the last five home matches against Ackies, so that's good news. Here's the bad news. St Johnston, right, have scored less goals than the team that beat them last week. St. Johnson have scored, uh, sorry, um, St. Mirren have scored less goals than St. Johnson. St. Johnson have scored seven goals. St. Mirren have scored five. And two of those were last week against St. Johnson. So, you know, it just shows you. You've seen St. Mirren leapfrog up to where they are. St. Johnson yeah. are still bottom of the table. And it's because they're leaking goals. They're yeah. letting goals in. Yeah, as well. And, and as much as Higgs is saying it's such a big game for St. Johnston, are St. Johnston good enough right now to handle that pressure? And sure, I, I, this is a big game for Ackies as well. Yeah, because I they, know it is. I know in it in is. the same way that St. Johnston have to beat teams of a similar ilk, Ackies have got, Ackie, to, in there Ackies as well. have got to do the same I, thing. And if you ask me now... I would go for Chipper every day of the week and twice on a Sunday I, at the minute. I, I think right now Aki's are playing better than St Johnson. They must be playing with better confidence. The fact that they're away from home, I think, puts probably more pressure on St Johnson. They're not doing it. Okay, the crowd will no be, no be a great crowd, but MD will be there right now as a St Johnson fan, and I think they're pretty boisterous anyway if their team are not doing it. It must be pretty naughty and toxic right, right now at McDermott. And I think that all goes towards Hamilton playing with a wee bit of spirit, a wee bit of freedom, no really a lot of pressure on there more. I reckon now Chipper would probably take a point where it would still make the gap five points between him and Tommy. Excuse me. And I, I think um, I think really Hamilton could get a win tomorrow. Well, listen, the only thing I would say, Paul, and I want to take up on the part about the Browns recognising Tommy's achievements, and I think you're absolutely right. However, what you've got to remember is that football's a meritocracy and at the, the bottom line is you're only as good as your last result. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the unfortunate thing. It, really, history counts for nothing. And I'll give you a great example of that. Who's yeah. When, we, when he was at Falkirk. Yeah, uh, listen, uh, you know what, Higgs? It's an ex club of Higgs. He's not going to say nothing nasty <laughs> about it. Mr. Nice Guy, he's not fought a lot of people. He'll just want to sit tight in case he's maybe looking Higgs, for me. Don't go for it. Don't don't take the bait, Higgs. You know, I, I, I told you last season that Tommy was in, you know, borrowed, his last legs. borrowed time and he's laughed at me then. They've been on a great run. I'm they, telling you what, they I'm laughing at bounce. you now. They won eight. Your predictions <laughs> They won eight in the bounds. <laughs> Never lost a goal. <laughs> Nearly get to Europe. <laughs> um, so I, I think, listen, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, right? But you know, let's let's not forget what Tommy's going through right now. You know, it, yeah. it, it must be naughty because in the way in tonight, I was listening to a, a, a guy that I could probably listen to all the time. He was on me Durham was a, a guy called Martin Allen yeah. uh, that was, uh, he's had f- five goals at Brent, uh, not Brentford, the Barnet, keeps getting the Barnet job uh, <laughs> when they're in Bonner. He says, and you know, you know, you know, Goffey was asking him about, what's it like when you're no winning? And Paul will be able to tell you as well. He says, oh, he says, listen, he says, my wife will know whether it's been a good result or a bad result, the way my motor hits the chips in the runway. You know what I mean? Yeah. She'll be sitting there and she'll be going, oh no, or it's all, aye, good, you know, one of the ones. And life is just, the dog looks at me at four in the morning. If I've won the night before, I'm like, oh, me man, let's go. If, I, if I've been beat, 
the dog's lying in its bed. It's no, you know, stuff like that. And it's true, isn't it, Paul? It, yeah. it must just go through your life as a player. Cause but you know, it's a very good point. And I, I think all too often we don't stop and, and think, think about, about the managers. manager. Of course. You know, Martin Allen's talking about his kids getting pelters at school. Your dad's hopeless. He said, mere jobs in the job centre. And he was laughing at it because he says he doesn't want to go back in right now. Um, he says, and really, I'd, I'd need to get Pep Guardiola's job to go back in. That ain't happening. He says, so I don't want to go in at a low league team and not have the ambition that maybe I've got. I think he's very good, Martin Allen. Mm-hmm. He's a very good speaker and he's very good on the radio as well. And 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 it's true. And, and I tell you who else talks very good about it. Holloway. He's had 42 different houses in his managerial career. <laughs> 42? No, I bought it. He says, rented because... He says, I'm, I'm hopeless at my job. He says, but folk keep getting the jobs. But managers live in the edge. Mm. They live out a suitcase. They don't know whether they're coming. 42 houses, Paul. 42 houses. <laughs> Heard them this morning. Unbelievable. But managers... That's you, you, 42 clubs. 42 wives. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 42 clubs. Loads of wives and whatever. <laughs> You're probably right. Um, so, aye, uh, uh, managers... You know, Higgs, what were you like when you went back and... You know, you you were a manager, at, player manager at Forfa, manager at. I mean, what were you like? Your your personal life after a defeat. Ah, you take it, you take it bad, you take it personally. Aye. And and you you go back and say, well, should I played him? Why did I play him? And mm-hmm. you question yourself all the time. And I, I found that the, the the older I got, you the worse I got because you should be actually be be a bit more mellow and a yeah. bit more sort of mm-hmm. thoughtful, but. <laughs> I see me be uh, worse, especially because the last job was uh, uh, Mentos, and obviously trying yes. to keep them up in, uh, in the second division. Uh-huh. I actually got worse because, you know, uh, and irrespective of the folk club, you're, you're under pressure. You're under pressure not just uh, for the club, but for yourself, because yes. just what you're saying, you know, obviously my kids are up now, but, you know, when I was uh, Aberdeen assistant manager and things were going to go particularly well, particularly well, they would get stuck, you know, and say, why's your dad no at Dungeon Iron, and why's it Aberdeen, yeah? and that's what happened, he, he just, you know, that is the nature of the beast again, as you yes. said earlier on, yes. about um, the football players, uh, clubs are uh, no any different, and, you know, you know, I must admit, I actually got a bit more, uh, uh, sort of more edgy towards the end the of the you, um, mm-hmm. you would like to think that you were more experienced, which you were, mm-hmm. but uh, I thought um, I should have been more thoughtful and maybe taking a, a wee bit of step back, but sometimes we take a step back, just what you're saying, look at Arsene Wenger, he doesn't uh, do much in the dugout, right? And the reason why he doesn't do too much in the dugout, because he had quality players, but most managers would jump up and doing like uh, Raven Lunatics, which right. I was like, it's because uh, uh, the players in the park were not doing the business you were that's right, and not having that quality, and that was another thing that Martin Allen said. He says, "Listen, he says, you know, I was turning up there on the Saturday, Bill. He says, and I knew I didn't have that quality, and I am blatantly, blatantly lying, lying to <laughs> these players how good they are." He says, "And I know, I know that I'm kidding myself on when I'm having that team talk. That that he knows he's asking them to do things that they're not capable. Of. And and suppose Tommy might be like that as well. But this is a question." And this is a conversation we have week in, week out about players maximising the skills, or managers maximising the skills that those players have got. And some managers are extremely good at it. 
other managers want to play a certain type of football and they just haven't got the players to do it. How many times have we discussed this? Yeah, I know. Lots yeah, of times. Yeah, yeah. You've got to ask players to do the job that you think they're capable of doing. You know, I'll give you, and I'm not being disparaging because we're going to talk about them next anyway, but Livy's a great example of that. Holy doesn't ask his players to do anything that they're not capable of. I think it's all down to managers having confidence within themselves as well and when they're getting results they can take that wee risk right now Tommy has got to be straight down the middle and all he wants is win ugly if you have well, to <coughs> excuse me all, all Tommy will want is commitment players to go and hurt themselves players to go into tackle and pass it keep it crisp play in the front foot go and press do all the right things that professional footballers should do and again I'm looking at a team here and you know what I mean this is this is a probable team that, that we've got. Maybe I don't know if it's going to be that far out or no. But, you know, you're not going to tell me St. Johnston having to get good players. We've got Xander Clark in goals. The boy Tansy that left back's a decent player. And Anthony Ralston at right back. The two centre-backs I don't really know that well. But you've got Jason Holt in the middle of the park. Murray Davidson, middle of the park. Kennedy, Swanson, Dre Wright and Stevie May. Now, you're not going to tell me those boys are no technically good footballers. That's a strong side. That's a very, very good side. And they're at the bottom of the league. Listen, they, they might turn. It might, the morrow might be the day they turn it. But, you know, they're not doing it. They're not doing it. They're picking up the wages. Week in, week out. All being decent money. But they're not doing it. And, and who suffers? The gaffer. Yeah. No, in, it, end of. It was a very good point that you made in terms of we just never stop and think about the manager and how he's feeling and, and the pressure that's on him. It's, it's easy to have a go at the manager, <clears throat> Bill, but again, I'm glad I listened to two managers a day who speak very well. Who have, How many clubs is Holloway and uh, Martin Allen been in charge of? Plenty. Loads and loads and loads. So the, And maybe the lower reaches as well. So they know what it's like. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting. I listen to all the shows I can about football. Pick up wee things about it. Just so hard we're talking about Tommy. But I think sometimes, you know, we kind of brush over it. Maybe have a, a bit of banter about it. But we're talking about, we're talking about you know, livelihoods. And we're talking about health as well, aren't we? Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, uh, and how hard that is on people's health. No, you're right. Uh, now tell me what you think the score will be. Well, sorry to put another uh, damper on Tommy's day tomorrow. But I think Aki's will got 1-2-1. One, one. Paul? Okay, I'm going. To, I'm going to go for Saint sure. Johnston's first win of the season. Oh, there's a surprise. <laughs> go on. <laughs> 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 I'm just again. Go on. Well, what about you? I'm going two one hackies. Bill. I'm going uh, two nothing hackies. Oh, go on, Hamilton. Well, no, it's only just I mean, you can't reel off all the things about Saint Johnston leaking goals and no scoring them. Exactly. And then, but you're expecting the big man to stand up for his <laughs> uh, Listen, just uh, just out of curiosity, boys, let me tell you that it's one nil to Dundee against Air United at Somerset. Uh, Declan McDade scoring against his old club. Uh, so there you go. Yeah, 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 that's, that's where it is. Uh, it's uh, Air United nil. Uh, Dundee won Livy against Hearts Kind of a local derby in a way And I know you'll argue with me And you'll start taking your mickey again derby? Oh shut up It's a <laughs> uh, Midlothian, West Lothian well, uh, Midlothian, West Lothian Yeah well it's not a derby Midlothian, West both... Lothian There's a clue there both The word them... is Lothian <laughs> But they don't both play in yeah. uh, uh, Central Lothian <laughs> There is no central Lothian. Well, you would say it's mid Lothian and it's West Lothian. There's yeah. no central Lothian. There's East Lothian, Mid Lothian, West Lothian. But you can only have one derby, and it's Hibs Hearts is a derby. It's no Hearts. They're both Livingston. from the Lothians. Yeah. Well, 
I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. There's no comeback for that one. <laughs> Start with you, Higgs. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, well, first and foremost, a great point against Rangers last week, Hearts. Yes. But the question I've got to ask myself was, you know, what's the Hearts players been doing for the last eight games? You know, because, um, you know, getting a result against informed Rangers and obviously them top of the league with Celtic albeit Celtic on, on one more goal better than, than, than Rangers but you've got to question the Hearts players because you know they come out and do the business and we spoke about it how, how should Hearts play against Rangers they should play you know the way they played against Celtic previous getting about them and that's what they did against Rangers put them under pressure you know, uh, making sure that they don't uh, uh, enjoy their time at Tynecastle and close them down now if they can do that against Rangers, then they could do that against anybody else in the league. So, you know, if Rangers um, come to Tynecastle every week, Hearts players will be delighted because, you know, to be fair, Craig Levine will be absolutely delighted, but he'll be scratching his head because he'll say, well, I've got the players and I know they, they can do it, but they've not done it at all until last week. Now, it was a wonderful goal from Machino, yeah. uh, the, the Japanese player, uh, and I, I must admit, I think it was a, a really good result for, for Hearts because I was expecting, I think I predicted Rangers to, to win comfortably 3-1 and then obviously Morales scored the, the equaliser. I think it's a, a vital game and, and, and a huge game for, for Hearts because they can allow other teams uh, to get away from Because you've got to remember as well, they've only picked up seven points. They're 10th in the league along with Hibs, albeit on goal difference, uh, and they cannot allow any other club, clubs to get away from them. And it's probably like uh, St. Johnston. The last thing that uh, Hearts want at this present time is another drop of points and be isolated and obviously the tom-tom drums uh, are out again for Craig Levine. I think the good thing for, for Craig and obviously Hearts is they're away from home, but they're playing on a, a surface that is probably not conducive to, to, to most players, but they've got to deal with it. And that's where Livingston uh, will hope to uh, hammer home to, to Hearts and, and, and get a result. Gary Holt will be disappointed last week. I know that he was really upset with the majority of his players at, at Kilmarnock. Uh, and he'll be looking for a lot, lot more from his team. Um, I must admit, I think they've had a decent start. Like Sir Ross County, they've had a decent start to the league. Um, no one probably thought that you know the, the Edinburgh clubs would be in 10th and 11th respectively. They are. And if Livingston could get a result in the morning, then it would be a, a, a great uh, a great bonus for Gary, Gary Holt he scored. Hugh, the thing to remember, and then there's a couple of things here. The first one is that Hearts dropped points at Tony Macaroni last season. Yeah. Uh, it's a part that not all teams warm to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hearts have kept a clean sheet in five of the last six matches against Livingston in all competitions, but they failed to win 15 of the last 16 matches in the Premiership. Yeah, it's a poor record, there's no doubt. Again, as Heggs has said, we weren't expecting Hearts to to contribute as much to the match last Sunday. And I think that was a lot to do with Rangers not playing either. And it might have been a wee bit of a false dawn, because Rangers on a good day, for me, are always good enough to beat Hearts. Uh, Hearts battle, there's no doubt about it. But my biggest fear is Hearts only battle when it is the old firm. At Tynecastle or it's a Hibs. You know, I cannot see Hearts going tomorrow and rolling the sleeves up. And my biggest fear tomorrow is the, the 4G. When I looked at the back two with Michael Smith and especially Christoph Berra. Christoph Berra 
Uh, only I think is in the team because Craig rates him that highly. But he, he's, he's got an old head, Christoph, because he knows the areas to get into to cover himself. Mm-hmm. But the likes of the pitch tomorrow, I think he could get a torrid time with Big Linden Dykes tomorrow. Up front, Big Linden's movement's good. He's good in the area. He'll match him there as well. He'll hold it in, and I think he'll drag the two of them all over the place tomorrow. And I think if Livy buzz about round, which they normally do, I think Hearts are in for a hard game again. I, I, I don't know. The machine will certainly enjoy the surface. He'll go and play. Uh, but I don't really see anybody... Ick Piazza will be as good on that surface as well. I don't think so, because it is such a specialised surface. And mm. I think it will suit the home team, horses for courses. But I think the Mora, the winner will be Lyndon Dykes against the centre-back for Hearts because they're very static. They play as the old-fashioned double centre-halves. Um, Aaron Hickey's confidence might not be that great, you know, at right-back as well. Um, and they kind of chop and change their left. You know, Jake Mulraney flatters the decision. Mulraney, Mulraney's actually out because of uh, ankle ligament problems. Well, he's a loss because he's quite good for them. He a, could he, be out for a few weeks. He, he's busy. He can go and make things happen for Hearts on his day as well. But again, Naismith's out, Suter's out. Uh, Haring will not come back in that surface. Halkett's not there. Halkett's not there. So, Haring's actually going to see a specialist, I think, back in his his home country. He'll be disappointed with Haring because I think he wasn't that far away a few weeks no, ago. No, he wasn't. So I think but, he was but but, well, apparently the problem is that he thought he was fit enough, but he cannot strike the ball without being in pain. Oh, so he's gone back to his, his home country to uh, to get see to a specialist well, and get to the bottom of it. The last thing it's a pelvic is. specialist. It's a pelvis problem yeah, he's got. It's the last thing that he needs. Um, you know, they could have picked an easier one. You know, Livingston on the... On the back of uh, of losing last week, and uh, they'll be wanting to bounce back, and uh, you know I, I think I think that Livy will be too good for them at home. Paul, I think the thing to worry about if you're Craig Levine is that the way that that Hearts played against Rangers, being busy uh, last week, <laughs> Livy are busy every week, and they're a team that get in your face and they rough you up a wee bit, uh, and I don't mean in a, in a in a bad way, but they're they're. On top of you all the time, they're both. very busy. You can do both, Bill. Well, well Bill, they, they play their strengths, don't they? Yeah, they do. Just what you said earlier on about, you know, um, uh, Tommy Wright and St. Johnston, you know, you mentioned, oh, um, Gary Hogan's his team playing uh, and then doesn't ask them that they can't do things, you know. So, you know, they, they go out there and do the business. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a great believer. You know, play your strengths and, and, and hide your weaknesses because we've all, we've all got weaknesses and you hide them. But Gary Hall gets the best out of his players, you know, and they are aggressive in the right manner. Um, and yeah, I've got a result here. All the, Hugh, all the thing that Hugh said, he's 100% correct. And I'm actually flummoxed on my result now because I don't know what to do. <laughs> you know, because he's put out so many good pointers in regards to, uh, you know, why Hearts are, are doing this and doing that. And they're going to Tony Macaroni Stadium. They've got two defenders that, you know, are, are solid. But, you know, uh, and you mentioned, you know, the, the, the defenders as well, uh, along with the, the great striker, the Livingston player, is, is really busy and, and about you. I, I had a draw to begin with. And then, and all the things that you've said, Bill and you, I'm now in a quandary. <laughs> <laughs> toss a coin, mate. Toss a coin. Okay. Go with your gut reaction. Your first, as uh, Jack Nicholas always said when he was putting, your first look looks your best look. It's true. Okay then. So, uh, what are you going to go for? I'm going to go for one-one, Bill. I'm going to go Livy two-nil. 
I'm going to go Livy 2-1. I'm going to go Livy 2-1. Guys, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll move on to Sunday's fixtures on Talking Football. Imagine raw power, supreme skill, hand-to-hand combat, and national pride. Imagine putting your body on the line for the greatest prize in world rugby. The Rugby World Cup 2019. Rock Sport Radio will bring you comprehensive coverage of this titanic battle between the world's top teams. Who will reign supreme? Will it be Northern or Southern Hemisphere? The Rugby World Cup on Rock Sport Radio. Brought to you by Motorpoint Glasgow. Just get the ball over the post at Motorpoint Glasgow's Conversion Challenge to win two tickets to the Six Nations. Find them just two minutes from Junction 3 off the N74. William, Pamela and Anthony were sold investments by banks and ended up losing money. Luckily, they contacted Goodwin Barrett and were able to claim back a total of £65,500. If you've lost money on an investment sold by a bank or financial advisor, even if you no longer have the investment or the paperwork, Goodwin Barrett could help. Discover how much you could be owed. Text GOOD to 6677. Text GOOD to 6677 now. It's easy to put things off. I'll sort it tomorrow. It'll wait. Well, turns out if you're a man with prostate disease, the sooner you spot it, the better it can often be treated. So if your dad or brother have had prostate cancer or you're having trouble with your waterworks, do something about it. See your GP or visit prostatescotland.org.uk for more information. Prostate Scotland. Pull your finger out. Do you hear that? That's your family coming round to your new house for Sunday lunch. Your son opening the door of his first home. Visitors arriving at your guest house. Friends coming over to watch the football. Scottish Building Society offer a range of mortgages, so we can turn this into this. Scottish Building Society. We've been helping people open doors since 1848. Call us today on 0345 600 4085. Scottish Building Society is authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Love music. Live sport. Talking football with Bill Young, Hugh Burns and Paul Haggerty on Rock Sport Radio. Okay, boys, let's move to Sunday. Uh, Early kickoff, Aberdeen against Celtic at Petodre. We'll start with our man in the north. (laughs) Aberdeen Aberdeen had the result of the the, the day last week, Bill. Great result against Monaco. I was there, Higgs. I was at at Fur Park. Were you there, Hugh? Yes, Monaval started okay, got the pen. A dubious penalty and a great save, I've got to say, by Joe Lewis. But was the turning point of the game? Aberdeen just kicked on after it. But Motherwell were poor eggs, but Aberdeen were, were decent. They were decent. That's a problem for Motherwell because obviously they've lost five against Celtic and three against uh, Aberdeen at home. So yes. eight's not a lot. No. And it's not very good for, no. for Motherwell. Yeah, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, thought, I thought Aberdeen's three goals were excellent. I thought very good. Costco's first goal. You know, the execution... Finish, you, great finish, Higgs. See if that was an English player in England doing mm-hmm. it in the Premiership. Yeah. You'd be raving about it. Great Harley got Hardly got a murmur up here. I thought it was magnificent. Mm-hmm. We spoke about and that on Monday night. Obviously, uh, yeah. what was it, McGinn, uh, the second goal from 25 yards. Absolute fantastic strike mm-hmm. uh, from uh, uh, McGinn. Now McGinn, and then yeah. Viner scored late on mm-hmm. uh, with a great strike at the bottom right-hand 
corner from about 20, 25 yards. So all goals uh, that Aberdeen scored on, on, on Saturday against Motherwell were, were excellent. And that was that was a real shock because I think the Theas were sort of uh, vying for, well, I was certainly for, vying for Motherwell because up until then, Motherwell, uh, Aberdeen hadn't really showed any any signs of, uh, you know, improvement. No. Derek McInnes is absolutely chuffed to bits, and rightly so. And what better to get uh, one of the goals for him uh, on Sunday? Uh, and a team that's um, uh, rampant just now, scoring six against Ross County last week and uh, getting a, a decent result against uh, Lazio uh, last night. I just think Derek McInnes, uh, the way he was talking over the, the course of the last two or three days, guys, he's, he's getting his players back, but I think some of the players that he's come in from nowhere has given him a bit of a headache, which is great for any manager. Uh, and I think he, you could see a bit of buoyancy and a bit sort of a bit more uh, calmness in, in Derek McInnes. And you know, there's a springy state now with, with the result uh, against Motherwell because uh, he's probably as a manager thinking, well, I know they, my players can do that, but they haven't done it uh, often enough, and they've certainly not done it much this year, but I must admit, I think it was a, a fantastic result and a great performance uh, and the great goals. Celtic, the only thing about Celtic is that they'll maybe make one or two changes because obviously there'll be one or two tired legs. Sometimes against uh, uh, foreign opposition during the week, as you will know, you know, maybe uh, sometimes after the Lord Mayor show, uh, there's a downside, but I think we're virtually a full house at, at Petordi on Sunday. I think that will uh, help Celtic enormously because uh, they'll need to be on their metal on Sunday to pick up the three points because I'm sure uh, the way Derek McInnes was talking, they're, they're really confident in getting a result on the back of the Motherwell win last week. Yeah, Hugh, Paul, Paul picked up on something which we've spoken about before and you never quite know how it's going to go in terms of you can come up off the back of a great result in the Europa League and you can be a bit flat going back into... Uh, yeah. domestic league or you can come bouncing off it and somebody gets a real tonking yeah. I think the difference between both Rangers and Celtic this season where they can kind of eliminate that to a degree is just the size and strength of squads they've got where they can bring players in without really dropping in quality yeah I think that'll that'll probably happen Bill on Sunday I think Celtic are obviously in a favourable position they can do that squads bigger stronger but I think all these guys will still want to play on Sunday. I mm-hmm. think there'll be a, a, a plenty, certainly, recovery from last night until Sunday. They'll go up there, you know, buzzing. They'll, you know, drive up tomorrow, stay overnight after a session in the morning and be ready to go on Sunday. And, and I think even if I remember last year before Lenny came back in, it, Celtic went to Petordre in the back of European night under Brendan. And everybody kind of still thought that might be a wee bit too much. And, and 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 Celtic were just too strong for them. And, yeah. and, and and after what I'd seen last week as well, yeah, Cosgrove's movement was good. Uh, Devlin and and, and uh, McKenna were exceptional at the back. Paul, the two centre backs, Shea Logan yeah. played better. I, I rate the goalie anyway, but I think it's all what Celtic do. I think that Celtic will still have far too much quality, pace, strength. You know, uh, big crowd, great atmosphere, and, and and I see Celtic being plenty good enough to. Again, go up there. If you look at both old firm games, if you look at Rangers and Celtic game, Celtic do have the harder game in paper. That there is no doubt. But I still think Celtic have got enough quality and inner strength and winners in amongst them to go and 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 win at Aberdeen. But Aberdeen beat 
a very, very, very poor Motherwell team last week, Paul. And, uh, you know, let's not get kidded. It's still a good result, but Motherwell didn't really put up much resistance. And I think in the back of that, I don't know, mate. I, I just think, you know, they lost the centre-back Hartley early on. They couldn't really um, organise their back four thereafter. The young boy Maguire looked out all the sorts in the middle of the part. Scott didn't go and have a go at Considine. Up yeah. front, they were lacking. They just didn't play well, Paul. And it wasn't yeah. on the back of what Aberdeen... Don't get me wrong, Aberdeen looked better than Motherwell on the day. It was a bit of a surprise because I think most people turned up expecting Motherwell, you know, to be doing the business and, and getting yes. getting a result. But Aberdeen turned up and uh, and turned them over. But as I say, Aberdeen will go into the game a wee bit more confidence on the back of last week's win. That there is no doubt, but for me, Celtic all day long. All I think the long. important thing for Aberdeen, Paul, and you mentioned this as well, is the fact that Derek McInnes is starting to get players back. And he's he's suffered a wee bit like Craig Levine this season because of the, the amount of injuries he's had. But I, I still think, and it applies to Rangers as well as Celtic, I still think the old firm this season have such yeah. a wide and varied selection of pool, pool players they can choose from. And you see negligible dipping quality. You're right, Bill. You know, the, the, the Celtic Rangers have vast squads, so if they have one or two injuries or one or two suspensions, you know, they can, can afford to get away with it. But the likes of the rest of the clubs in, in, the, in the league, you know, it's a struggle, you know, and uh, they, they'll have maybe a, a squad of maybe 14, 15 players, uh, most of the clubs in the Premiership, that they can rely on. Celtic and Rangers have got, I would say, maybe. 2021, and you're talking virtually half a team more than everybody else that the old firm have got, and they're all decent players, they're all quality players, so that can be, uh, sometimes it can be a hindrance, but uh, more often than not, it's, uh, it's great to have as a manager. The other thing that Neil Lennon's got is he's got that that kind of you know the, the, the adrenaline flow from from last night, Hugh. Oh, without a doubt, I you know listen the dressing room last night you know must have been a great atmosphere in there as if they'd won the cup and you know that'll lead into a late session this morning. They'll go to Lennox Town tomorrow. They'll do a lot, but the confidence is running through the veins, Bill, on the back of beating Lazio, and they'll say if we can beat Lazio, we can go and win at Aberdeen. Um, Aberdeen are still not full strength. Cosgrove will still give Julian, a, 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 you know, a hard game. That there's no doubt. I like Big Considine, and he looked very fit last week. No Considine, uh, Cosgrove. Cosgrove. He looked very fit. Um, but I, I think really it would need to be Celtic an off day and Aberdeen really pulling out all the stops to win the game. Again, you know Aberdeen at home, you know it's a hard place to go, and and you're not just going to you're not going to just roll over. And I think McInnes will be looking for a shift out his players. If he gets a shift out his players and Celtic don't turn up in the day, then that's a leveller. But I just think the quality of Celtic will shine through. OK, give me your prediction result-wise. Go, I think Celtic will win 2-0. Paul? I'm going to go 2-1 Celtic, uh, mm. Bill. I'm going to go 3-1 Celtic. 3-1 Celtic. Uh, let's move on to Rangers against Motherwell. We've discussed the fact that Motherwell were poor last weekend against Aberdeen. Uh, giving away three points and three goals. Uh, they visit Ibrooks uh, on Sunday. Rangers again coming off the back of what will feel like a, a, a win in a lot of ways, a great result for them last night. Uh, going a goal down, coming back to take a, a point away from Porto. Mm -hmm. And again, we've got to discuss the situation here about, you know, they will make changes, Rangers, you would expect. Mm -hmm. 
But again, they can bring players in, and who knows, maybe one of them might be Greg Stewart visiting his old stomping ground. Uh, but they can bring players in, and you see a, a negligible, if any, dip in quality. Yeah, I think I think players like Katic has got to be in his thoughts. Um, you know, Edmondson. You know, starting, you know, the like say, I think Ryan Kent will start. You know, I think it will give players a game and players who's not no be. Were you surprised Barker started last very night? Much so. I was certainly. That just was the only bit, surprise I had. I think it was maybe just to give them the shape that he wanted and they didn't have it. And I think would they would they maybe just give the four game and 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 Sunday, maybe give Alfredo the day off. Things are not going great, then you bring him on. So I think he's got all those tools to play with, and, and I think that's, you know, what he was in his thoughts. 2 1, by the way, Dundee. Paul McGowan scored the second one for uh, Dundee. They went uh, 2 up, and Air United have pulled one back. 2 1, yeah, yeah. 20 goals, early doors at Somerset. Um, so I, I think Rangers, again, will play with a freedom and, and a freshness about them on the back of what's happened in, in Porto. They were shocking at Tynecastle. Absolutely shocking for all to see, and they bounce back absolutely magnificently to go and do what they've done in Porto. Um, so I, I just think it'll be rotation. Um, the, the two central defenders are probably the first two. He might bring in, he might bring in Katic and Edmondson and play the two of them. Who knows what he'll do? You know, he might leave Golston and, and uh, Hollander out. The full-backs will remain the same. I think he might play Polster. And uh, you know, and and leave out Tav Gimares. Who knows? So you know, he's he's got all those players that he can chop and change and do what he wants to do. I think again, it's all what Rangers will do at home. Expected to beat Motherwell. Motherwell can only get better this Sunday than they were last Saturday. They all depends whether the big centre back Hartley can come in and be a common influence. The big boy Declan Gallagher for me is a standout every time he plays. He was brilliant with Livingston. He's kicked on again, and at 28 he's turned his career round. That big fella. He's had a few problems, a big guy, but he's come on and he looks the part. Uh, Grimshaw was quiet. Scott done nothing um, right through. They really didn't. They didn't do the business last week. So the manager will be looking for a wee, a, a, a wee, you know, upsurge on on commitment and and, and ability, uh, you know, come Sunday. But again, it's what Rangers do at home. Who he sets it out? Who his personnel is? But again, the guys who have been left out, they'll be wanting to prove when they get. Well, don't in. don't forget though that they then visit Ross County on Wednesday. Rangers go to Ross County. So, you yeah. know, it may well be that he doesn't make such big sweeping changes for to, uh, for Sunday's game, mm-hmm. but makes some major changes maybe going to Ross yeah, County, that's, potentially. That, that's a wee toughie as well, isn't it? Midweek yeah. up there, you know, cold night, and, you know, the winter's here, and what have you, and that'll, you know, you need to stand up to that one as well. But first and foremost, three o'clock Sunday, Celtic offered the result out the road, but I think it'll be a lunchtime kick-off, isn't it? It's the earlier one again, you know, and they'll probably go three clear, um, you know, and 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 that, well, they are three clear, aren't they? Either three, no, a point no, clear. No, no, the, 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 the same on points. Same Cel- points. Celtic are only a goal. Go, it's a goal ahead. Yes, They've got one goal more yeah, yeah, scored yeah, for yeah, than right. Rangers. Yeah, so you know, you're looking at Sunday being so important again in the title chase. You just cannot drop points. Higgs, let me ask you this, because we're, we're, we're talking about Motherwell and, and they've done remarkably well this season. They're lying third in the table, but they're going to the team despite the fact the draw on, uh, last Sunday uh, at uh, at Tynecastle. They're going to the team that's actually in form now at the top of the, 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 the table. They've got four wins and one draw, which is the best kind of form result 
uh, as there is at the moment. Let me ask you this. Why can't Stevie Robinson, and there seems to be a recurrent theme here, why can't Stevie Robinson get Motherwell winning three games in the trot? Well, I think, you know, if you ask most managers, they would wonder why as well. But sometimes as well, the, the players that they've got are good for, for maybe a couple of games and then they can't do it a third time. And we spoke about quality players in general. You know, um, Celtic Rangers have got vast squads. Well, like the rest of the teams that I've mentioned, you know, struggling to get a, a decent 11 on the park because most managers will have a real squad of maybe 14, 15 players that they can rely on. Then you've got just fellas that you know maybe play uh, or put them put them on the bench so that you hope that uh, nobody gets injured or suspended or sent off. But th- th- that's happened from day one, really. It's even when we played uh, in our day, Celtic Rangers had always big squads. Well, like I said, the Dungeon Knights, the team I played for, uh, was exactly the same as the Motherwell. It's just, it's just a case if you can try and get a group of players at one time that are a bit quality. Um, and if, if uh, anybody out with the firm can get that, then hopefully they'll, they'll do, uh, have a decent season. The Rangers thing, I, I must admit, I was really surprised, and I said earlier on the programme, Bill, that they, they dropped the two points against Hearts. And, and I was actually pleased that TV Gerrard was really critical of um, we scored after the Hearts game. He did get the response and the reaction last night uh, against Porto, but his standards as a player are different from a lot of the Rangers players. Um, they've never uh, sampled what Stevie Gerrard sampled at Liverpool, i.e. in Europe or at home at Liverpool. And he's trying to get players who play for Rangers like him. I know it's going to be difficult, but he's, he's looking for the moon. He'll not get the moon. But he's trying to get the, these players to reach the moon. And if he can get halfway there or three quarters there, then he's going to watch. And that's the standards that Stephen Gerrard and, and, and Gary McAllister set uh, many years ago. Uh, and that's what he's wanting for these players. Uh, because if you're going to win the league, you've got to win the league with consistency, no dropping two points against uh, out of form home team, which was Hearts last week. Um, and what he's trying to do is, the last thing he wants to do, look back in the season, like say what Hugh and I have said on numerous occasions, you know, uh, what if, if, what happens if we got that result against Hearts, you know, in October, we would have won the league. That could be the difference between winning the league and losing the league to Celtic. Hugh? Yeah, I think Higgs is right. You can't lose. You can't drop points. Well, you've got to. You've just got to keep going and going and going. And yes, yeah, it's, it's a bit repetitive and what have you. You've got to do, but it's every game throws a different challenge. Every game is, you know, you've got to answer questions. You're playing against different opposition. They'll set up different. You know, Mother was going to park the bus. You know, they'll go probably four, five, one. I think they will anyway, and they won't even know what to give in away. I, I think Rangers will, uh, will break them down, and I think there'll be a few goals on Sunday. What I seen with Mother on Sunday or uh, last Saturday, it doesn't go well. I think for for, for Sunday coming, they're not going to unless. But yeah, but, mm-hmm. sorry to 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 butt in, mm-hmm. but if you think about it, Mother will we go couple of games in a fantastic win mm-hmm. and then right. they drop points mm-hmm. and don't look that great at times and that's the consistency I've just been talking about mm-hmm. they've done yeah. that now it could be a whole different ball game now I'm not I'm not saying that Motherwell are going to go and beat Rangers 
But I think I don't think they'll be as bad as they were against Aberdeen because I don't think they could be. No, you're right because I think Mother will have improved. They're, be- they're better. They're not in the third position in the Premier League for nothing. So I think the the, the Motherwell team that goes to the uh, Ibrox on Sunday are probably one of the best Motherwell teams for a few seasons, and he's recruited some really really good players. It might have just been an off day, just by chance. The last couple of teams I've been at for part, Paul. They lost to Ross County with two late <laughs> You're goals. You're a Jonah. Oh, I'm a Jonah. <laughs> and then, of course, they lost on Saturday pretty heavily. So if that had been six points, if they had picked up those six points, I know I've butts or mubbies, they'd been sitting in 21 points. In fact, they'd be top of the league. <laughs> they'd be level right now because mm. they're sitting in 16 points. And, and, you know, I mean, it's a brilliant start for Motherwell. Let's not get away from that. And he's probably no been too heavy on them at the start of the week and saying, listen, yeah. we didn't play. It's not as if we'd reserved anything for the game. But it's amazing how decisions turn games. Aberdeen seem to be, you know, quiet to start with. They lose that goal. Big goal he saves. What a magnificent penalty save it was for Joe Lewis. And Aberdeen just absolutely steamrolled Mill after that. If Motherwell score, it could be a completely different game. So no, you're it's right. all thin, 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 thin uh, divides in the game. And, 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 and that's what happens when, when you just don't get the decisions for you. But Motherwell didn't kick on after that. They went a goal down, heads went down. Lost Hartley, lost their shape, and Aberdeen just ran the show. You're expecting a, a better Motherwell team to go to, to Ibrox. He's got to get better out of his players, I'm pretty sure he will. But again, I'll say that Motherwell are stronger now than they've been for the last the last few seasons. You don't get to third in the league where we're a bad squad. So he'll be fairly confident they can go and they contain Rangers. It's all about containing them. The longer you contain them, you turn the crowd, you keep them quiet, you start turning on the players. That happens, that's a given, that's natural, that will mm, happen. Yeah. But the way St Rangers are right now, it's not be the same 11, it'll be a freshness, there'll be a rotation of squads, the guys that are coming in will want to stay in the team, prove to the manager when he does his post-match, I'm glad I brought him in, he did this, that and the other, and it gives them something to think about. So players that are coming in now, he's keeping them all happy, they're all getting a game one way or another, and uh, they're winning football matches. OK, let's go for a prediction, Higgs. I'm going to go for 2 nothing Rangers, uh, Bill. 4-0 Rangers for me. 4? Four. 4-0. I'm going 3-1 Rangers. 3-1 Rangers. Uh, Dylan McLeod, by the way, says, lovely breakfast this morning, Hugh. Same again next Friday. Yeah, just you, d- you dinged him last week. Me man tweeted in last week, and that's the wee Dylan the boxer. Ah, right, well, so... We did talk about boxing, didn't we? Did we? Or the week before we spoke about boxing. What's he having for his breakfast? Is he not in training or anything? Well, I'll tell you one thing, he's no miss money breakies <laughs> the last few months with a look him. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, guys, I want to I want to bring Heggs in on something just for the last five minutes about uh, what Gordon Young said at the beginning of the week, Heggs. And I want your view on this and he'll chip in as well. Uh, Youngy said he didn't think the Premiership was as strong this season as it has been in previous seasons. Hmm. Well, the only thing I can say is it's because Hearts and Hibs and possibly Aberdeen are, are not in their respective places, uh, i.e. further up the league. So from that point of view, uh, there's still a lot of games to uh, to be played. And I can see you know, the, the, the Edinburgh team is obviously getting higher up the league. And obviously the other teams uh, are slightly higher than them as now, going back into the, the top four, bottom four or five. I think I think the league's much the same as last last uh, last year. What I would say is they've definitely got a stronger Rangers. They've definitely got a stronger Motherwell. Uh, I think Aberdeen are no firing all cylinders. Um, so from that point of view, um, I don't know where Gordon's coming from. You know, maybe. Uh, um, 
see it, he, he sees it different from me, but I think we've definitely got a, a stronger uh, Rangers team, and obviously they're battling their corner against Celtic, so I think it, it's healthy, but you, you would look for maybe one or two other teams out with old for them to put pressure on Celtic Rangers. That doesn't mean to say they'll win the league, but just, you know, make sure that they're not going to get away with it easier uh, than usual, but I can only see, you know, the old for them actually getting away from everybody else eventually. Shug, you, you kind of semi-took him to task on it on Monday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me your views I think now. I think it's excellent. I think he's looking at the league in hubs and hearts and, and Kelly maybe just finding their feet now. I, I think it's every bit strong. I think when he looks at it, Aberdeen are probably maybe a couple of places away should maybe hopefully be above Motherwell. So that would be the norm. That would be... Uh, you know, the same there. Kelly are getting better. Ross County have had a good start. Livy are mid-table. Listen, sometimes I don't know what planet Young is on, to be honest with you. And, <laughs> and how, what did he say then, Bill? He just said he thought that the league, the Premiership, was weaker this season than it had been. Yeah. Did he give any reasons why? No. Not really. No. He didn't really. He just, I, I don't know. It was just, it, 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 I just think he, he thinks that because where the, the capital teams are, you know, yeah. the, the big two are down the bottom, and he wondered if, I said, well, that's sold very well, but it just shows you that the teams above them are doing better, so they've got better, so it's um, it's just, and it stuck with Bill, Bill spoke about it again during the week, and we asked somebody else, and they had a, they kind of maybe agreed as well, I don't know who our guests were I can't on, remember who it was. somebody had kind of agreed with Youngie as well, so I see it every bit strong, I see it a stronger Rangers, um, I see it a stronger yeah. Motherwell, um, you know, so yeah, and and Celtic being up there to be challenged. So every bit is strong f- uh, as far as I'm concerned, and every bit is competitive, mid-table, and then down the bottom, Hibs and Hearts. I think I'll I'll shoot away. I think mm-hmm. it'll I'll leave a dog fight with the normal. It'll, it'll be St Mern. It'll be Hamilton. Um, you know, and and I think you know. You know, I think I'll go with that. I think I think it's going to be St Johnson as well. I've got to go to the So St Johnson, Hamilton. And St Martin are going to be me for for me the bottom three teams who are going to going to vie for relegation of, of the uh, of the eleventh spot. Interesting that all of you have said though that you see the gap between the old firm and the rest widening this season. Yeah, I think it will. And and Chipper was the first thing Chipper said the last game I had. He went, you know, this season particularly, he says Rangers and Celtic are just going to absolutely shoot away for the pack. There's no doubt about it. He says Rangers and Celtic are light years ahead right now. On uh, you know on on player ability on spending power uh, for everybody in the league right now and I, I can see that um, especially when you go to first part last week and you see Aberdeen going through a wee bit of a, a struggle and and you know lucky if there was a thousand fans down now that tells you everything about Aberdeen where they are because mm-hmm. they usually yeah. know yeah. all but fill that away end when they're flying and and things are no great there Hearts as well. No as good as they were. Hibs not taking big away support. So there's a few of the bigger guns, so-called right, bigger boys. guns, okay. no happy. Listen, have a good weekend, guys. We'll see you again next sex. week, same time. Uh, that's it. And we'll be back on Monday with Hugh and Youngie. Love music. Live sport. Talking football with Bill Young, Hugh Burns and Paul Haggerty on Rock Sport Radio.